doing. Kids bop are, are continues. Just wait for it. They didn't even leave the verses in this. They were just like, we're completely redoing this song. Oh, it's coming up. Dance that? <laughs> They they edited out shake that. This is this is the equivalent of like when they try to play a Scorsese movie on like TBS. <laughs> yeah, I just don't understand why you take out shake that. I mean, it's <laughs> not that sexual. It's suggestive. That's that's a that's a stretch. <laughs> like I can see the good loving, yeah. you know, into good dancing, but I just I shake that. Yeah, I uh, I don't agree with that. All right. I'm going to be writing an angry letter to whoever the fucking record company is that produces Kids Bop. So this is the one track on Kids Bop that gets the thumbs down for Big you. thumbs down. <laughs> Although, right here. Every day I'm shuffling. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this was a good, uh, very 2012 choice. Yeah. Yeah, and we got the, uh, you know, the tumbling act in this episode. Yes, we did. Things, I love, that's what I love about this show is things get weird quick. <laughs> Just when you think you got to figure it out. They throw a fucking carnival show at you. This is exactly the plot of A Bug's Life and how they get one over on the grasshopper. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's, it just hit me just completely sideswipey. <laughs> like when they go and land on Florham, you're never like, oh, I bet they're going to meet up with this like carny Doug who runs a traveling show on fucking Florham. It can't be good profit for that guy. Oh, I know. It's like, oh, thank God, Hondo booked us again. <laughs> the one guy there. We'll talk about it, though. How you doing? Good. How are you? Not too bad. Welcome to the Clonecast. <laughs> yeah, we're getting to it getting early this way. time. Yeah. Getting out of the way. I'm Tom. I'm Adam. This is a show where we uh, rate and review. I did it. Damn it, I fucked up again. <laughs> if I say rate and review, I fuck it up every time. I don't know why. But we watch the Clone Wars in watch, chronological rate, order. Watch, rate, and review. We watch, rate, and review the Clone Wars in chronological order. We are currently on the Kids Bop arc, as I've come to call it. Uh, season 5, Episode 8, Bound for Rescue. Bound for Rescue. So, Episode 3 of the Kids Bop arc. Very exciting stuff on this arc. It is a big one. <laughs> um, but yeah, how you doing? Good. What's new? Not much. Um, we missed the Stones. They were in town last night. Yeah, We did I saw not that. do it. I, do you think we'll get another chance, or do you think that's it? I don't know. They're 78. They might come back around if they live that long, but yeah. I don't know. I just, for whatever reason, that concert just didn't like, that didn't strike me as one that I like had to go to. There's a lot of good reviews off it. I know. Apparently, which kind of surprising to me. I've heard they put, they still put on like well, a Well, Mick's got a lot show. of energy, especially a 78 year old. Like, I don't think of my dad as like super, like he's 80 mm -hmm. now. He just turned 80 and Mick's 78. And um, I think, like, I was kind of like, yeah, my dad seems a lot younger than his age, but he could not do what Mick does. Oh, God, no. It's yeah. insane yeah. that Mick is jumping around like that and doing that shit. So, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. Life has kind of become a, 
you know, a question of, okay, so $200 stones tickets, or do you want the sand crawler Lego set? <laughs> you know, that's what it's come to. That's I, what it's come to. I have truly created a monster with you and Legos. <laughs> Loving the Legos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, yeah, I mean that that's that's what it is. Now. Yeah, it is. And do you know who is coming to town that I'd love to see? But it's unclear if the show is sold out or if they're just like sporadically releasing tickets. Elton John? No, Elvis Costello. Ooh, he was supposed to, I think, play at one of the casinos, but oh. they moved it to First Ave. Oh, First Ave, yeah. Elvis Costello. That'd be good. I know. Every day he writes the book. Yes, he does. See, that's the kind of concert that I would be like, yeah, I'll go, and then he won't play the three songs I want to <laughs> hear. That's how First Avenue has always turned out for me. Yeah, well, and that's where I go to see like acts that I'm like, yeah, they got like four or five songs that I really like, and then I go there and they don't play any of well, them. Well, like Elvis Costello too has a deep enough catalog where he has like so many bootlegs and stuff. Yeah, that he'll go and play mostly that stuff that a casual listener like doesn't give a shit about. So he pulls the Van Morrison shit. Yeah, where he comes out and he plays like eight jazz covers and then calls it a night. Yeah. See, I can't do that. Well, he figures nobody wants to hear Brown Eyed Girl one more time. Uh, I think that's why people would go to a Van Morrison concert. <laughs> Not this guy. Oh, shut <laughs> up. It's his, that is his weakest song. Brown Eyed Girl is his weakest song. Absolutely. I think his strongest song is Domino. Domino's great. Oh, yeah. Domino. Yeah. But um, again, Domino and Brown Eyed Girl, like, those are the songs that you've heard a th- thousand times before yeah but even with van morrison there's like five songs i'd want to hear yeah and he probably wouldn't play any of them i don't with elvis costello i need to hear uh oliver's army oliver's army yeah. uh, that's top of the list every day i write the book i think is his best song um and then what else do i want to allison hear? yeah allison that would be like the that's like his holy trinity yeah. for me pump it up no no i'm not huge on elvis oh blame it on kane that's that's mine. yeah that's that's good, the one yeah that's a good one uh, that seems like something he'd definitely play live we're yeah. getting off track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so we missed the Stones. I don't know. I just kind of waited, and I was like, oh, I could do 200 bucks a ticket. Yeah. You know, and I, I love the Stones, but man. I know. That's like a tower. You know, that's like halfway to a Tower of War thing. But so you didn't go to the Stones concert. You did go to Legoland. Oh, oh, oh I went to Legoland. You waste time with your friends when your chores are done. Now, come on. Get to it. I would like to see the baby. Perhaps the archives are incomplete. My grandpa always told me, don't watch your credits. Watch your health. Mark! Mark! A fine addition to my collection. Nice. You are all in on the Legos now. I love I love the Legos. The Legos have hampered my Black Series collecting. Yeah. Like, you're the Black Series guy. We've transitioned. <laughs> yeah, we really are. I was the Black Series guy. <laughs> now you're the Black Series guy, and you're the Lego guy. Now I'm the goddamn Lego guy. Yeah. We just switched. Yeah. I don't know. And like, I'm like, okay, Tom, got to get it. I have not done Lyft or Uber in like a week and a half. And I'm like, okay, this weekend, you got to go out, make some cash. Because I bought the uh, the Mario 64 cube, the question mark cube. Because you told you mentioned it on the last episode. And I was like, ah, oh, that sounds all right. But like a cube sounded kind of boring. I you told said you open it up inside of it. Yeah, but you didn't say what. <laughs> and then when I saw the picture of it on the Lego website, I was like, holy shit. It's got the bob Battlefield, like, mini setup on it that it opens up. It's also got the uh, the one with the penguins, and then it's got the Princess's Castle. 
who's the one with the prank? Is that dry dock something? No, no, no. That's where you got like slip sliding away where you jump into yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the yeah, chimney. Yeah. There's that. And you can also you're also supposed to bring back the baby to the mom yep, that's yep. in like the boat. But there's like the one baby that's not hers. And so it's just this neglected penguin <laughs> child. And you like run it over to her and you're like, Hey, I got a baby. And she's like, That's not mine, you know, like it's like well, where the fuck is that one's mother? It's just gonna freeze to death. Yeah. So what you can do with this, you can just pick it up and just drop it off the side of the thing. Because <laughs> you're a sadistic fourteen year old, you know? But that I those two levels, I fucking played the shit out of them. Even after I got all the stars, I would just go back and yeah. just run and jump around. So I saw that on the Lego website, and I was immediately like, okay, is that in stock at the Mall of America? And you were so excited yes, that you was. went there on what, a Saturday? A fucking Saturday, and I Whoa. waited in line. How long was the how long did the line take you? It was like half of what it was when we went. Oh, okay. I would say it was like a ten to fifteen minute wait. Yeah. Um, so my estimate, if it was half when we were there, well, there's a lot of variables. Wasn't far off because there's a I lot said of variables we'd be in in 20 minutes. There's a lot of variables. How quickly are people filing out? Yeah, are they just window shopping or are they buying? Yeah, like if you someone like me, I went in there with a purpose. Yeah, I said I'm getting that, and then well, I almost bought the Razor Crest too, <laughs> and I almost <laughs> like they had a Razor Crest. They had the Republic gunship. Um, they did have the Daily Bugle set. They had like all the hits that we've been talking about. And I I was really tempted to be like, you know what? You could just you could just fucking spend twelve hundred dollars, put it on a card, and then just slowly pay it off. You got all these interest have deals. You, have yeah. you completely given up on Daily Bugle? I thought that I thought you were going well, to get it's, that. This is the problem with these larger sets. Like I look at the Daily Bugle and it's like, okay, it's like three fifty. And I was I'm like, if I'm going to buy that, then I am going to have to neglect the tower of war thing like yep. if i'm spending 350 on something i'm not buying two i will i'm not gonna go bankrupt doing this like it's i have to temper it do you ever see yourself buying the uh 700 no. star destroyer god and it looks so cool it looks like so I, awesome. and it comes with a stand and it's fucking huge it's like the size of this table yeah it would be so fucking sweet. We could put it like right there. It'd Do be you like see a mascot. It's got a little mini blockade runner too. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean But at the same time, man, like seven hundred bucks? Yeah. That's like a fucking PS five, man. Ridiculous. Like I would really have to fall in like because I am in love with the Tower of Orthanc. I'm in love with the Daily Bugle set. But that is just kind of at the point where I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if I can do it. Yeah. And once I do that, floodgates are open, man. <laughs> All bets are off. And, but I bought like the Mario one, you know, and it, it's not 350 bucks, but it, you know, it's yeah, a, it's a pretty 150, penny. 160. Yeah. I mean, that's not cheap. And so I don't know. But yeah, I got to go out and do some lift to pay these kind of just, uh, you know, I'm doing fine, but I, you know, yeah, yeah. listen to us, man. I, I like after I bought that, I was driving back. I was like, we suck. <laughs> we are a couple of privileged assholes. I know. <laughs> and I was like, I hate myself. I know. Like I have good politics, but I don't live them. But what I was. Well, a- no, I do live them, but I just wish like, I don't know. I did struggle a lot for, you know, all through my 20s. Oh, yeah. So, well, when I was a child, I mean, we grew up, we weren't destitute, but yeah. we didn't have a whole lot of money. So I like fantasized. Uh, as a child, about like being able to purchase large Lego sets. Yeah. And granted, I probably shouldn't be spending as much money as I have. <laughs> yeah. I probably shouldn't. I have not been saving but anything lately. You also sure. you also are very good at uh you go through phases every once in a while, and once you get out of those phases, you're pretty good at like selling shit yeah. right away. So Yeah, if something doesn't tickle my fancy anymore, I'll try to make a buck off yeah. it. Um, I got rid of the Mace Window in the Jar Jar Black series. <laughs> <laughs> Those bonus ones I bought. 
<laughs> Guess how much the Mace Windu sold for? How much? Five bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I got more from the shipping than I did from the fucking Black Series. I mean, I still have my one. Yeah. You know, they're duplicates because it's like, oh, you're going to be worth something. The only one that's worth dick in the set is the Qui-Gon. Yeah. So. Um, I just saw that one at Hot Comics. It's going for 50. The Qui-Gon? Yeah. Oh, it's a good one. Yeah. No, but I mean, like, really, the reason I can do it is because I work Lyft and Uber, and I make, like, a lot doing that. Yeah. Like, I will do that, and I'll make, like, a pretty penny every week, but I haven't been doing it. So I got to get back out there and do it. Yeah. But there's this story. My dad just calls me out of the blue, and he's just like, I just saw this on the news, Tom, and I thought you need to hear about it. Apparently, since August, there's been, like, 40 carjackings in Minneapolis of Lyft and Uber drivers. Really? Yeah. And I was like, well, that sounds like a lot. I, I thought he was, like, talking about nationwide or something. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, it's just in Minneapolis. I know that there's a... a like, a, there's a time frame, I think a year or two ago, where there was a huge, like carjacking thing that was going on yeah. in and around like university ave yeah there was a lot of carjacking. and they were saying that, that like people were anytime that anyone would like start their car and not drive away right away like that's when people would just like come up to their yeah. door and just basically say yeah your car. apparently how this works is it's like the you people these lyft drivers or uber drivers have been pulling up to the spot the person comes down and says hey i'll be right out wait for me or whatever and like then they go inside and then like a couple minutes later like they get blocked in because oh, it's a city yeah. street, so it's you know, so like a big car blocks them in, a car blocks them in from the back, and they come out and yeah, yeah, take their phone, take their wallet, take the car, and so I'm like, Phew. I mean, it's still like you know I work during day hours. I'm assuming this happens at night mostly. Yeah. I would assume, um, but I don't know. It kind of gave me pause. Like I don't know, maybe I'll just do the Uber Eats for a while. Yeah, till this like passes. That's that's one of the things where. <laughs> I always, uh, I don't know, I think it, it comes from a place of low self-esteem, but I never think that anything like that will ever happen to me. <laughs> Just because, like, no, 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 I'm not important enough for anything special to happen to. Yeah. But I feel like that's going to bite me in the ass one day. And, like, every once in a while, I've been in situations where I've been like, oh, no, this is actually dangerous. Like, something could happen yeah. to me. And I'm not saying, like, bad neighborhoods or anything. I'm yeah. just saying, like, there's situations where I've been, like, like doing something like yeah. climbing up on the roof to like drill a hole from a bathroom slip and catch yourself and yeah you don't need to think and i about like it. not even i not using like harnesses or anything yeah. like that and i'm like no nothing's gonna happen and then like yeah. once i'm there it's like oh something very likely could well you know yeah yeah no but those that's it's good to have those moments though yeah because you realize like oh i've been getting lucky i need to start focusing when i'm doing this right more. It's a good thing to think and about. And as long that. as you, and that's the thing, it's in, I, I tune out way too much. Yeah. Um, I'm just used to it just kind of going on autopilot, but sure. as long as you're like aware of your surroundings and stuff, you're fine. Yeah. I don't know. So I, I don't know. The hours that I do it, I think I'm probably fine. Um, I am close to north here, so I do get requests yeah, yeah. over in north, and I'm assuming that's where a lot of it happens. Um, but, yeah, apparently they do it on stolen phones. Obviously, they're not doing it from their phones. That would be really stupid of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah. So, I don't know. It kind of gave me pause. Maybe I'll just do Uber Eats for a bit. I don't know. It's probably, like, a same crew of people doing it, yeah. I'm assuming. And they just haven't been caught yet. Um, <laughs> they just switched from stealing catalytic converters to car yeah. jacking. But folks. I wonder what kind of cars also are they yeah. jacking here. Like, I would not be shocked if they're, like, requesting, like, deluxe ones, so, like, fucking Benzes and yeah, shit, yeah. you know, and put those on chop blocks and stuff. 
So I don't know. I'm going to, you know, but, you know, I'm going to think about it. We'll see. I don't know. I did want to, you know, start saving a little bit because I have not been saving since I've gone on my spending spree. Yeah, so yeah. I was kind of like, all right, Tom, start, start saving and then you can buy a few more things. I've been thinking about that, too, like because I was really good at saving when it came to like as soon as the pandemic hit, I started just like squirreling away money. But then like, yeah, we bought the house and then I was able to like get upgrade my car and yeah. I got the truck. And so now it's like, oh, no, those are the two things that I've been saving for. So I guess I don't need to do that anymore. But no, when the pandemic hit, I didn't, you know, you go from like eating out all the time and doing all this. Like I just went in like full lockdown mode and I was just not spending a dime. Yeah. And, you know, and I could and I was not doing Lyft and Uber then either. Like I could easily do that now. If I could just reel my reel my like Tom, you don't need to eat fucking Jimmy John's for lunch every day. <laughs> I'm gonna buy you a crockpot cookbook for Christmas. I got a crockpot. Remember when I bought that I thing? Know, I know it was gonna a, be a revolutionary I said thing. A crockpot cookbook, oh. so you know what to put in the thing. God, it's too much effort. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, um, so that's that. What else do we got? What oh, else, what else are we working with? Not much. You're gonna start reading again though. I've been reading. Yeah. I'm reading Kenobi right now. I know. But I don't have enough to talk about yet. I have not gotten far enough into it to okay. really do a reading rainbow. Yeah. We, we're we on the verge of a new reading rainbow segment, though. Yeah. It's going to hit one of these days. I So as it's getting darker. Did at you like, do your two chapters? No. <laughs> but as it's getting close to dark at like six o'clock, I'm going to be able to start doing that. <sighs> also, I've been getting the itch to... I've been playing a video game in months yeah and i've been kind of like again as it's getting darker earlier i've been kind of getting that yeah things are awakening like what can i do to make myself happy that doesn't involve spending money and involves things i already have laying around yeah you know so yeah i think heavy reading is incoming i think gaming is incoming i think fallen order will happen in the next month me too i strongly believe it. yeah um i also think i'm going to play through all the halos since that new Halo is coming out, and I have those, so I don't have to spend any money on that. Yeah, um, yeah. So I, I don't know. I mean, there's there's some uh, there's some positive to it getting just kind of depressing out. Yeah, you know, you put you turn all the lights on, you shut the shade, and you just fucking live your life. I'm inside. fine uh, until around February, and then things get grim because it's like yeah. still as dark as humanly possible. It's frigid as hell. Yeah. I think January and February are just unbearable generally. Yeah. Um, and then March, you start to see signs of life, and you might even get like a 70-degree day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, January and February, even December, you can kind of get by, and you have like Christmas lights That's and stuff. That's the thing. It's and... like there's a buildup to Christmas and then New Year's, and then even January, I feel like there's enough kind of like momentum to kind of get you through. Yeah. But that's where February is like, it's the shortest month, but it feels like the, the longest. longest month. Yep. But I don't know. I love March. March to me is like the it's it's when the bell curve has peaked and you're going down. Yeah. yeah. You know, like February is the top of the fucking. Although bell I curve. do get pissed when we get like one or two days where it like creeps up to like 56 and then it's like right back down to negative. Yeah. <laughs> or like in April. I remember like two years ago and this is just Minnesota problems. But like two years ago, it was 75 like all week, like a full week of like 75 degree weather. And then <laughs> they're like, well, enjoy it while it lasts, because this weekend we're going to be dropping down to about 25 and we're going to have a snowstorm. Yeah. And I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Like, no way. And sure enough, it was like the twins home opener that day, too. 
brilliant of them to build a completely open air stadium in Minnesota. <laughs> and yeah, sure enough, like thirty degrees, and it was a fucking blizzard, man. Yeah. Like it was like a foot of snow. Yeah. Oh no, I couldn't even leave the driveway. I had to walk down to the, the I don't grocery know store. I don't know if it was the same year that you're talking about, but there was a year like God, it had to be like seven or eight years ago, where. It's there was a blizzard on my birthday, so it was like April eighteenth. Nice. So like, and it snowed like thirteen, fourteen inches, and then it was gone in, in three one days. day, and yeah. then it was just gone in three days. Yeah, April's wild, man. It's nuts. March and April are nuts. Bonkers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they are bonkers. <laughs> yeah, I thought I had something I wanted to talk about, and I can't even remember what it was. No, right. it must not matter. Well, if it comes up, let me think. Let me think. Just give me 10 seconds to process. Maybe it'll pop in. Talk to the listeners. I don't want to distract you. Collectibles, have anything to do with that? Legos? Any more dad talk left over from from last time? (sighs) I don't think I got any dad talk. I got nothing. Should we do listener appreciation? Yes. Let's do it. It's only because I'm so in love. No. (laughs) No. No, it's because I'm so in love with you. You're stuck with me, Sky Guy. All right, listener appreciation. I got my thing back. It's back. So I can do it today. Unless you want Cooking to. with gas. Unless you want to do no, it. No, you go for it. You, you want to start being that science. Guy? All right. Well, let's talk about the Holy Trinity. Let's talk about depressed Kenobi. Hello there. The angel from my nightmare. Oh, the yeah. In the background of the morgue, the depressed Kenobi. Uh, the original. Depressed Kenobi had a tweet today that made me guffaw. I said it made me <laughs> guffaw. Depressed Kenobi going down memory lane with the clone cast. Uh, let me pull it up here. We'll take a look at it. Okay, here it is. Okay, so I had posted this morning. Mondays are notoriously slow on Twitter, but I posted. There is a card of Delaney. I saw that, There's yeah. a Tops card, and it's only in the UK. And I was like, maybe I want him to ship it over. It's like two bucks, <laughs> but then I'm sure I'd have to pay for like shipping, which is gonna be like twenty on this stupid Delaney card. It's got like it's like a card that has like power ratings on it because it's like a card game. Yep. So he's got 39 defense and 50 attack. That seems <laughs> that seems low because I tweeted no one has a higher kill per screen time ratio than Delaney. He is stone cold. He's on the screen for like 10 minutes in that episode, and I think he kills like 10 people. Yeah. Like he is just a he's killer. a monster. Yeah. But the press Kenobi replied the the post flopped. Come on. <laughs> Nobody under, you know what, for all like Star Wars Twitter and how the big fandom and all this stuff, nobody fucking understands like how fucking killer Delaney is. <laughs> like, does anybody realize that this dude is just fucking cold blooded? Everybody treats him as a throwaway character. They don't even know who he is. No. Even like the most hardcore people probably, you show him a picture, they'd be like, I don't know who that is. That's fucking Delaney. The Fallujian ferocity <laughs> uh but depressed can obi replied and goes the reaction to his kill is honestly one of the best moments in clone cast history i think the only moment that and i guffawed right here i think the only moment that tops it is the reaction to the mandalorian superintendent almost getting yeeted to his death <laughs> it was <it's> so good <laughs> If you had to rank them, if you had oh to rank them, God. Delaney and just like the murdering Fallujans, 
Um, the superintendent on Mando <laughs> just getting cut off by the speeder and just flopping over it. Or, or Fat, Fat Cat. Cat. Which one would you do? What's number one for you? I think number one for me is just the Mandalorian because it just it comes out of nowhere. Yeah, like it's you expect him to like crash and the fact and that he doesn't die almost makes it funnier. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like you expect like an explosion or him to go off the edge or something like that, but just the fact that he like kind of like bumps up again, <laughs> but over the next car. Yeah. It's like your stupid friend, like being <laughs> like I had a friend that was being a dumbass when we were all, you know, you're out riding bikes in the yeah. summer. I had a friend that was being a dumbass when we were riding the, like the movie theater when we were probably in like seventh grade and just kind of like weaving in and out of like a street, not even paying attention. And so he like doesn't pay attention to a car like coming out. They don't see him because he's weaved to the other side and then he weaves right in front of it. And they're going like two miles per hour, but he just gets pumped up onto the hood and just kind of like falls and yeah. scrapes his knee. It was fucking hilarious. That's exactly what happened yeah. to the Mandalorian guy. It was great. <laughs> Although, I think for me, it's going to be... It's got to be just the kill... Like, it's not just Delaney's kill. It's the whole thing. Yeah. Because there were, like, the Queeway that were coming... Weequay. 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 <laughs> Live corrected us. <laughs> like, Queeway, we got... We got... We've called them Way Owens. We've called them Quay Owens. We've called them Queeway. We've called them Weequay. It's Weequay. But there's, like, two Weequay pirates that are just speeding, right? On some speeders. And so they stick out just some, like, they stick out a vine and just, like, decapitate yeah. them. Well, they don't actually decapitate them, but they're definitely dead. Well, <laughs> and also, it's just the... Th it's so good. It's just the animated... I don't know what it is about, like, a small thing throwing a spear <laughs> and just the velocity in which it hits someone in the chest. And how precise it was. That's what makes it so funny. The whole thing was fucking hilarious, man. I, it's just gold. <laughs> We got a couple good laughs in this episode, yeah, we too. Do. All right. Uh, the Athorian Historian. That's enough. That's enough. And the president of Norway, the architect of the Nordic model. The one, the only. He'll know! <laughs> I told Eel No to come get his boy the Eelk. Because <laughs> Eelk, I posted, like, what, what drew Tom to the Lego store in the Mall of America on a Saturday? And Eelk's like, probably a Lego minifig collectible, but is it really mini if it's taller than you? <laughs> and so I said, Eel No, come retrieve your man. That Eelk. That Eelk. Uh, Eliza, a.k.a. a drop of magic. Eliza was... Uh, did you see on Twitter? She was nearly in a car accident this morning. No, while listening that. to our most recent episode. Oh, no. Um, that yeah. So we're recording this on what day is it? Monday. Yeah. Yeah, it's Monday. Um, so yeah, we're recording this on Monday. Yeah, and she was listening to our newest episode and almost got in an accident. Luckily, uh, shout out to Toyota for having good brakes. Yeah. Um, but she said, <laughs> part of me thinks about it. She was like, I think I was thinking about it after, like, if I crashed into it and like was knocked out or something. And the, the thing kept running. And the paramedics came. <laughs> and the paramedics just showed up, you know. And all of a sudden, like, Gungi style is playing. <laughs> like, they walk up to this just... <laughs> there's this horrid crash, but then it's Gungi style. The paramedics are trying to revive someone as they listen to two white dudes in their 30s talk about their dad problems. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a bloody mess, and they walk up and they just hear... <laughs> 
Gungi style. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, Eliza's good. Well, I'm very thankful yes, for that. Yes, very thankful for that. Uh, Jaylee, you are a bold one. Jaylee, come back. I'm going to have to record a karaoke of that. Maybe we can do a whole like three minute song. You know, we have Jaylee's email. We could just reach out. Oh, yeah. But is the you know I feel like that's breaking the norms of podcasting. Yeah, I to, kinda... to email like you respond to emails, but do you reach out to the listener? I guess themselves? I hadn't even really considered that. Like we do have that power; it's just an inbox. <laughs> yeah, but then are we are we are we abusing our power at it that point? Be. We're like, you know, we haven't heard from Stephen for a while. I'm like, hey, Stephen, have you been listening? You know, just, <laughs> yeah. I feel like we're we're overstepping our bounds there. You know. Who knows? We'll, we'll save it for in case of emergencies. Yeah, maybe in the Discord y'all can chat that uh, topic up and see if we should reach out to Jelly and just say a good hearty clonecast hello Yeah, there. Hello there. Uh, Celine and Perry, the Parisian princess Jules, a.k.a. El Davio, Liv, a.k.a. Darth Clink, correcting us on Queeway, Weeway, Weequay, Seequay, um, Sequoia. <laughs> what should we call them today? So it's Wee Quay, right? Wee Quay. Why was I calling them Quay Owens for I the longest no time? I have no idea. Because there's like a there's a character in Deep Space Nine called Way Owen, I believe is his name. Oh, okay. Uh, he's part of the Dominion. Anyways, uh, I think that's where I got that shit from. So it's completely off. Traveling through hyperspace in my dust and crops, boy. Bop, bop, bop. Beat, bop, bop. Yeah, bop. Yeah, bop, bop, bop. Bop, bop. The official retweeter of the pod, Rural Farm Boy. The four horsemen of the email apocalypse. Noah Blight. Wade. Death. Stephen. Feast or famine. Heavy famines. This is the Irish potato famine. We've reached... We've reached a traditional Stephen famine, and then eventually we're going to get the Stephen monsoon, <laughs> where he just, <laughs> it's just pummeling us with notifications. <laughs> Who knows? Stephen, if you're listening, reach out. Uh, uh, All Elite Wrestling is coming to town here uh, next month, and I'm considering going to the show, so you could chat me up on that. Yeah. Stephen's a big wrestling guy. Uh, also, uh, Isaac, a little older, but Isaac could chat me up about yeah. that as well. Get me primed and ready. Prime what? the pump that is Tom's wrestling knowledge. Where are they coming? Where are they playing? Target Center, two nights in a row. Okay. They're the new one that yeah, kind of went that. off into their own. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, so Isaac's, uh, sorry, Joshua, we kind of threw it to the but Joshua wore the Archangel, the leader of the Horsemen. And, of course, we are members of the Padawans Podcasting Network, so check out our Fellow Padawans, Wayfinder Pod at Wayfinder Pod, from a certain point askew at FAC, P-A-P-O-D, the Jar Jar Thinks Pod at Jar Jar Thinks, Laura, Michaela, and Jess, hey, Michaela, Vader's Thoughts at Vader Thinks, and the newest member, Most Things Kenobi at MTK underscore podcast, and you can also check out the side project with Wayfinder Pod where we review Halo. The Halo Lorecast, where we're going through Halo things bi-weekly. We're going through, right now we're doing the Forerunner Saga Cryptum. We'll be reading part three next week. Um, But yeah. Also, shout out to Ty. A lot of COVID issues there down in Texas. Um, so all the best to Ty and his family. Um, 
Do we have anything else that we want to cover? I guess we got a time warp to do. Yeah. All right, let's do that. Chibata bread. Yabedat. Chibata bread. All right, what do we got for an air date on this one? Bound for Rescue aired November 17th. 2012 cool okay um still maroon five one more night so next episode though is the last one so i will be revealing (laughs) the viral sensation featuring yours truly Um, (laughs) that's gonna be getting dropped so uh it is with that being said that we are going to have to bid a fond farewell to our you know our placeholder song here so Give it to me. Come on. Hello. Yeah, good dancing. So thank you, Kids Bob Kids, for carrying the torch while we suffered through probably some of the worst string of number one songs we've ever had to deal with. Yep. And it was only one. It was Maroon 5, One More Night. I can't believe how long that thing hung on there. It tied the song that we're going to be referencing on the next one for the okay. longest number one of the year. All right. So that was a summer banger. So when we were not in session for the Clone Wars, it was off season for Clone Wars. It was not aired it. Um, but yeah, they matched. And I think that's a superior song than the One More Night. Yeah. It did get annoying. Definitely got annoying. Yeah. But we'll cover that. On the next episode. Now, am I going to play the clip of the song, or am I going to play a clip of the video? Ooh. I think we'll play a clip of the song, and then we'll just reference the video, and I'll put a link in the podcast. Or you could play the video and see if we can guess. Or you just... or I'm just going to say what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a video. It doesn't make sense. And I didn't show up for the recording of it, so it's not actually my <laughs> voice. Because I, that's back when I worked, well, I mean, I still work two jobs, but that's when I worked, like, a second job that was very uh, schedule heavy. So, like, when they got the studio space, uh, I couldn't make that. I couldn't get work off. So, I was like, just have the guy there just do my voice, and I'll just lip sync it for the video. And so, that was that. <laughs> so, it's not my actually my voice in the video. This is going to be great. It's stupid. <laughs> I hate it. Although it did get me recognized in public once. Oh, seriously? Yeah. What was that like? I was at a Timberwolves game, uh, and they had like a they have a Hubert's. It's a connecting bar to the Target yeah, Center, yeah. and I was just sitting there having a drink with the lady I was out with. And somebody just stops and hey, are you the guy from the? And then we'll, <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's me. He's like, oh, I really like that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> the one time I've ever been recognized in public. You know, so that was exciting. Uh, but you'll find out what that is next week. That was kind of a good tease for it. Yeah. Okay. So we do have a new number one movie in America. Um, boring. I mean, it's just... This is like the Not worst. Not a good one? No. I mean, it was successful. Okay. It's extremely successful. Um, I think I referenced this before. So uh, a few weeks ago, we had Argo, yep. which starred the most recent Batman, Ben Affleck. This movie stars the upcoming Batman. So it's a Twilight movie. Yes, but which Twilight movie? Breaking Dawn. Yes, but which Breaking Dawn? (laughs) Part two. Part two. Yes. Okay. 
And that was the end of the Twilight Reign of Terror on the box office. That is the last Twilight movie. Never got into them. I was just going to I ask tried. You. I tried. I watched the first one, and it just... It, it reminds you... me of, like, um, I don't know, like a teen drama on, like, Disney Channel is what it felt yeah. like to me. You know, like, like um, there was a show on MTV, like Teen Wolf, I think it was, where they it was, like, loosely based on the Michael J. Fox sure. movie, but they tried to make it, like, more serious... Um, and they really tried to dress it up a bit and make it like a little bit darker and stuff. And that's what it hit. It hit me like a well-produced like teenage television okay. show. It just did not feel did like. Did you a... ever read them? Oh God, no. Okay, that's way too long for me to read. I mean, I've read long books, but I I, I just can't. I feel like, <sighs> and I'm really. I'm, it's this. This isn't me being like some pig-headed dude. Like, oh, Twilight. Oh right. Yeah. I just. It just did not do it for me. Yeah. I don't know what it was. There was just nothing that hooked me in about there it. There was, I think it was right after Phantom Menace, or maybe it was. I got to look up when the time frame was. It could have been after Revenge of the Sith, but before Clone Wars. Yeah. Like the animated show. But for a while, George Lucas was in talks with, and I thought it was greenlit, but I need to figure out what happened to it. There was supposed to be a Star Wars teenage drama. That was going to air on, it was either UPN or like the CW. And it was described as like the OC, but was in it, the Star Wars universe. Was it going to be like Padawans or something? I have no idea. But like, I remember hearing that and being like, that sounds crazy. I'm sure you and I would find a way to like it. <laughs> I'm sure we would. <laughs> yeah. Like There's, I said, yeah. I've said it many times. I don't give a shit. Like, I am all in on this property. Yeah. It's it's crazy how far I've come. Yeah. Because when we started this, I was pretty much just like the movies guy. Yeah. Like, I love the movies, and I just never bothered with novels. I never bothered, certainly, with the television shows. I was straight up, like, I I had been religious about the movies at one point, but I never got into the other stuff. Yeah. And now I'm just, oh, just feed it to me. Now that you've gotten this much, isn't it... It's crazy. I, I'm still... going to say this, and this may sound like sacrilege, but I actually prefer everything else that's out there, like the Clone Wars and all the books I've been reading. I prefer it to the movies. Yeah, yeah. Like it's, it gives you more. I've always, I've always felt this way, but it's like with the advanced knowledge that you have of Star Trek, isn't yeah. it nuts that there's still such a distinction, like the branding of each. Uh, yeah. Property just seems so unique to themselves. Oh yeah, I mean, like, there's still very little bleed over from like the, the only one real like bleed over is like warp speed and hyperspace time yeah. travel things like that. A lot of the technical sci-fi mumbo jumbo stuff that they kind of just throw at you is similar. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, outside of that, um. There's not a ton that crosses over. No. Both shows are a little bit like politically charged. They have their like own unique feels. Yeah. Both shows are politically charged. Though. Yeah. Um Star Wars is definitely like um it's it's like the strife of things, obviously Star Wars. But um Star Trek is like what uh the Star Trek the United Federation of Planets is what the rebels are trying to achieve. Yeah. Like or what the republic should be. Yeah. But it's not but, like, the United Federation of Planets are, like, it's like a communist utopia. Yes. Is basically what it is. And that's why I always love it when I see, like, super right-wing people that are into Star Trek. And I'm like, <laughs> you realize this is just, like, straight up, like, if, like, 
everything Mark said like work like like perfectly like it all went according yeah. to plan. It was like every <laughs> we have solved all of our yeah. problems, so now we have to advance. In- yeah, and like literally in Star Trek, money is not a thing. <laughs> it is not a thing. Like it's 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 literally stated. Picard's like, yeah, we 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 advance past that. Like people literally like do stuff. That they want to do for fulfillment. Those, and it's like their jobs are what they want to do for those fulfillment. Those words in that order don't make sense to no. me. No. Yeah. I mean, we're a long way from We're about 300 years from it. So that, that line yeah. us up. Yeah. Let's go. United Federation of Planets. Very excited. But they had to have another world war before they started to put it together. <laughs> so hopefully we don't have to do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, there isn't a ton of crossover. Um, but they will forever leak like be hand in hand with each other yeah, yeah, yeah like they're just i mean just the name alone yep is eh. and literally like i've said it before the reason that star trek made a comeback because it did three years on nbc yeah it developed a bit of a cult following but it wasn't enough to keep it on the air the reason it came back is because star wars was such a huge success yeah that paramount was like well we're sitting on this fucking star trek thing let's fucking do something with it and they started releasing movies and yeah. it completely revitalized it and you know, we're how many years later? Close to 50 years of Star, over 50 years of Star it is Trek. It's nuts, now. too, that like, because the original series is good, but you can tell that they made it on like a crazy budget. Yeah, I mean, there's like the fucking bridge is made of like cardboard. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's but it's also 1967. Right. I and mean, it, you can't was, expect much from that. And it was designed for a black and white TV that was what, 10 inches across? Yeah. So. Granted, but I mean, they're not breaking the bank for yeah. production. But value. when you look at like the next generation, what they did with, you know, late 80s, early 90s yeah. television special effects. Pretty good. Like the ship stuff. Is well, that's great. what I'm saying. Like, it's like it, it, the base was the foundation was so good. And then yeah. once they started making movies, they're like, all right, now let's throw some money at this thing. Yeah. And go figure it turned into a huge success. Yeah. And now they got a lot of series coming out. Star Trek. Picard came out, and they're doing, like, a cartoon that I want to watch. Yeah, is that um, the cartoon that's, like, kind of jokey? Well, there's one called, like, Lower Decks. That's what I'm Which I have of. not watched yet. Like, it's on Paramount, you know? And so I had CBS All Access when Picard was releasing because I'm a massive John Luke Picard fan. But uh, after that ran its course, I was like, well, I'm, I'm not going to reactivate yeah. that. But then they announced Paramount Plus, and there's some stuff on there that I might want to check out. I don't know. It's like 10 bucks a month. When I'm talking about... I see, I should just... You know, you, hey, Tom, cut out a Lego set. <laughs> You're yeah, fine, you, you know. Anyways, we're rambling about that. Yeah, we are. Again. Um, oh, that's what I was going to talk about. I had a dentist appointment today. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to get into it. I but saw I saw, Yeah, I set up a poll. How many cavities with Tom? Any? Do you want to guess how many cavities I had? Did he, go, did he get zero? Did he get clean bill of health? Clean bill. Nice. No cavities. And this was my first visit in, I mean, COVID hit. I hadn't gone in like two years. Oh, yeah. I was feeling gross. Yeah. Now I'm feeling, you know, crunch. Yeah. I'm feeling good. Um, So, yeah, no cavities. So everybody that voted on there and didn't pick zero, ha, you <laughs> suck. Ha, <laughs> <laughs> ha. Well, yeah, I was going to. But they dig. They, there you go. They test. Okay, should we do the episode? Yes. Let's get into it. Do it. Hello, 
Alrighty, so, Season 5, Episode 8, Bound for Rescue. Uh, oh, shit, I forgot to hit it. Let me do this really quick. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I forgot to do it. We were just so running so goddamn sorry. long there. We talk too much. Yeah, we do. We really do. We should just have, like... Um, we should just do like regular phone calls before you come over, like on your way over, <laughs> just call me on your drive and we can talk for like 20 minutes while you drive over. And that way we get stuff out of the way. We'd still babble for 25 oh, yeah. minutes, but that would be We'd a good still find a way that would be a natural way to cut back. But then you never know if you're going to just, just brim over the gold. Yeah. There's you gold know, you don't this. want it. You know, but there was like a tweet <laughs> over the weekend. Now we're already getting off topic. <laughs> but there was a tweet over the weekend that like it was from another podcast. And it said something like, how long is too long for the pod, nor, your podcast that you listen to to get into the actual meat of the episode? And uh, shout out to Bright Suns. Um, <laughs> they they were like, well, I listened to uh, the clone cast and they went for like 20, 25 minutes on like their cousin on a ventilator or whatever. <laughs> And that was great. But some of the other ones, I'm just like, get to the fucking point already. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, you know, I love the love on it. And they were like, hey, anybody can talk Star Wars, but I come for the ventilator talk. <laughs> so fucking shout out there. Very cool. Um, so we appreciate it. But uh, a sh an apology uh, on the last episode, uh, the air date was 11-10-2012. And I said that was an ex's birthday. She was actually the 16th of November. Oh, just, okay. You know, it's, it's been a while. And we broke up in 2012, the spring of 2012. So we were already broken up at this point. So I think I was back living with mom for like six months at this time. Oh, okay. So I was not out to eat with her because we were no longer together. So I'm sorry, Jenna. I got your birthday wrong. Um, the 10th is actually a different girlfriend. Not November, but April 10th. That's Vanessa. That's right. So I got the 10 mixed up with the 16th. Yeah. Glad, so I'm I for one am glad we got that cleared up. I thought it was important, yeah, because they're never going to listen to it, and I just wanted to say that. Yeah. Um, so this was actually a happy belated birthday, Jenna, uh, <laughs> November seventeenth, two thousand twelve. This was a day after her birthday. Happy belated birthday. Maybe I'm getting it wrong again. I don't know. <laughs> well, you can. The only one I'm sure of is the July fourth. That one I know for sure. <laughs> That's an easy one to remember. <laughs> Anyways, okay, so bound for rescue. Let's do this. Let's talk about it. Okay, so where we left off, Ahsoka had been abducted after her uh, heroic efforts to save the younglings and get the pirates off the ship. She has been abducted by Creepy Hondo. We got Creepy Creepy Hondo. This is the worst of Hondo. This is, this is Hondo showing us, like, the warts. We got, we got <laughs> you know? Creepy Hondo last episode. This episode, we get drunk Hondo. We get drunk, but still creepy. <laughs> yeah. And very problematic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But we start off with the younglings. Um, now, Hu Yang, Professor Hu Yang, the, uh, the Jedi lightsaber... Uh, what do we call Architect. Yeah, we'll call the Architect. Good job. Um, he is still out of commission. They're, like, rebuilding him. God bless R2, just poking away at him. I was going to say, they aren't rebuilding him. <laughs> R2's yeah, I rebuilding thought, him. I thought our boy, Arnaudel and Zat, would have had him up by now. Yeah. You know, he's got his fucking Game Boy. He's supposed to be, like, the genius... But uh, no, Hu Yang's still down for the count. So it's just the younglings in R2 with. But the thing about Hu Yang, his eyes are still lit up. And I'm like, oh, I know that like 3PO can function yeah. and stuff. But something happened where he's like turned off now at this point. So he's not really talking, but it looks like he's there. Yeah. It's very strange. Um, 
They got him on mute. Yeah. So our first scene, though, is our uh, our younglings paging for help. And they reach help in the form of literally the greatest human being. Just, you can't beat this man. We'll just let you know. This is the Crucible, calling the Republic fleet. Come in, please. We need help. This is General Kenobi. We have your transmission. The General Kenobi? (laughs) Yeah. The pirate Hondo has attacked and severely damaged our ship and taken our chaperone, Ahsoka Tano. I'm dispatching Commander Cody to bring you back. We shall deal with Hondo on Flora. Will Ahsoka be all right? Hondo would be even more of a fool than I think he is to hurt her. Once we've picked you up, we'll focus on rescuing Ahsoka. But we can help Ahsoka a lot sooner than you can. You've shown great bravery, but these pirates... It was us who managed to drive them from the ship. You will not jeopardize your safety trying to be heroes. Understood? Yes, Master. Their coordinates put them dangerously close to Florum. I do not want them getting any ideas. You will need to leave quickly, Cody. Sir! Enemy fleet's coming out of hyperspace! Whole lot of ships. Battle stations, launch all fighters. Cody, looks like you're staying here for now. I, I'm really glad that Cody's back. Yeah, we haven't too. had Cody in a while, but he's not much of a talker. That was so. As soon as, <laughs> as soon as he was like, "Cody, I'm sending you to get the kids." I was like, "Oh, that's right. We get some yeah. Cody time." And then immediately, yeah. it's like, "Oh, no. guess not." Cody does like he's very quiet. But he pulls one move coming up that I just fucking adore. <laughs> yeah. It's so cool. Yeah. Um, so basically, a shit ton of Separatist ships drop out, and they got a full-on fucking space battle on their hands. So they're tied up, so the younglings are just going to kind of have to float on their own for a while here. So we get back to the younglings, and we got four of them in the training room. Uh, we got Petro, Gungi, our big boy Biff, and we have uh, Katuni. They're all in there, and they're working on their lightsabers. So they're using the Force to try to build their sabers. Um, we see R2 just in the middle of the room, just poking <laughs> away at Huang's like, remnants, <laughs> like putting them back together. God, R2 rules. Um, and um, they all get them together. Like, Petro, Gungi, and Biff, they all get them together, and they're working now. Like, they have working lightsabers. They have successfully constructed them. Now, I was a little concerned about that because... When Petro built his, like, sort of backwards and it exploded in Red Lobster's hands, like, it looked like it was working. It killed, like, five replays. <laughs> yes! <laughs> and, like, Hu Yang was like, you built that wrong. It, but it worked, but it was, like, wrong to the point where, like, if you used it for more than half a second, it's literally going to lop off your hand. And so I was like, now, how sure are they that this is not, like, slightly backwards? Yeah. And so I was just kind of like, well, I guess if they're, like, really feeling it with the Force and they're actually listening to the Force, they can be confident that it's been built properly. Uh, Shout out to Gungi, because we get Gungi's fucking awesome wooden saber. Isn't that thing sweet? Yeah, his hilt is one of the cooler hilts I've ever seen. So let's give him this. Gungi style. Gungi style saber, very strong. I give it. That thing is bad. Yes. Ass. I give it nine out of ten Wookiee screams. <laughs> it's very strong. <laughs> I don't. I should really have a Wookiee drop right here. Just give him, there you go. Nine of those. Only a Wookiee, if that makes sense. Um, Petro and Biff, they also get theirs built. Um, but Katuni's about to ignite hers, and it just doesn't work. 
Um, and so she's like, ah, oh, shit. But the thing I like about Katuni is she's very patient. And she's just kind of like, well, I'll get to it when I get to it. Yeah. Because in the last episode, you remember, was it Katuni that was talking to Petra and was like, why are you rushing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or was that Gnodi? Um, oh, shit. Now I don't remember. Or was it Zat? I think it was Zat. It could have been Zat, yeah. I don't know. They all kind of have this mindset of like, we'll take our time. Petro is just like, I think they're playing up the petroleum like race car thing. They all, but they all do seem to be a little mature for their age, at least in this episode. They yeah. weren't in last ones, but yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't fuck with any of them with lightsabers. Like, they're competent. Also, we get to see their colors. Yeah. So, uh, Biff and Petro both have blue blades. Yep. And Biff has a green. Yes. Biff fucking rules, yeah. man. Biff does some cool shit in this episode as well. I But I, I, I really have to think that Gungi Saber is like top 10 sabers all time. Oh, it's awesome. It might be top five. It looks fucking cool, versus, man. So, and I think we're on the same page, but green versus blue? Green. Yeah. Absolutely green. Even though, like, all my faves have blue. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just, like, Luke's green when he hits that in Return of the Jedi, dude. That just did something to yep. me. I was just like, blue is, would never be the same. It is hilarious because I just I rewatched a video that was talking about, like, what blue versus green represents. Yeah. And apparently, like, the blue lightsaber is more associated with the uh, Jedi Guardians. So they're, like, the samurai of the Jedi Order. And the green is more uh, coincides with the Jedi counselors. Okay. And so apparently the counselors are less likely to draw their blade. They're more in tune with the force. And they they only draw their blade as a last resort because they try to use the force to find... They figure the force is going to guide them out of whatever situation that they're so in. they're the negotiators. Yes. So why isn't Kenobi green? And that's like the point that because Kenobi is like was the most making. chill fucking dude. I know. That's the point this video was making is you would think that Kenobi has a green. And I can't remember what they said about it. But I just think it's funny that there's all of this symbolism wrapped up inside of that. But in reality, it was like, oh, well... We made it blue just to have it stick out more in the original movie. And then when they got to Return of the Jedi, they were like, well, if Luke's blade is blue, we're not going to be able to see it against the blue sky. So we got to pick a different color. Let's, yeah. Let's fuck it. Let's just do green. Yeah. Realistically, what happened there was Obi-Wan. <laughs> yeah. They just didn't think there was going to be any symbolism behind the colors of these things. Yeah. I well, mean, well, then, there was red and blue like red was bad. And then Sam, Sam Jackson, that whole deal where... Like, yeah, I was going to say, what does purple does that just mean? I like to kill everything? There's plenty of videos that were talking about how, like, uh, Mace Windu, he because he is he taps into the dark side at some points to draw, like, power from it. Uh. But he has so much control that he's able to, like, only tap in a little bit. So the purple is supposed to represent his blue blade mixing with the red so it's the of balance. the dark side. But in reality, he just said to George Lucas, I want a purple one. I want a purple blade so I can see where I am at all times, like in the on the screen. <laughs> in Attack of the Clones? Yeah. When there's 80 fucking yeah. Jedi. Just he was everywhere. like, I want to be able to add a glance, see where I am. So make mine a different color. And they were uh, like, okay. By the way, while we're on Attack of the Clones for half a second, let's just give now Coleman a Trebora. That dude went for it. <laughs> he went for it. Yeah, yeah. I just love Dooku's reaction, like, oh. <laughs> Dooku's just, oh, you. <laughs> um, do you know what? There's another Jedi. So uh, another uh, kind of deep bench Jedi action figure at Hot Comics that I've almost gotten like three times, but I think it's like 30 bucks. Oh, no. Yazriel Poof. 
Oh, <laughs> yeah. the giraffe. Yeah, he's got yeah. the like long, the long neck, neck with yeah. the kind of like like ball head. Yeah, yeah. He's like a like a piece of gum that you stretch yeah. out really far. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, where were we on the episode? Off topic again. Okay, yeah. Fuck. Um. Anyways, so uh, as they're working on him. Katoonies doesn't work, and uh, we're going to get our next clip there, and we're going to have a little bit of a plan here. Petro's getting a little uh, reckless. He, he just is like, you know what? We're sitting here. We're just floating. I'll finish mine when I'm ready. See, she's patient. Seeing as how our rescue party has forgotten us, you'll have plenty of time. They probably just got delayed. Delayed? Ahsoka needs our help, and we're sitting around like children. We are children? I'd vote we mount a rescue mission. <laughs> Gunji is with me. Biff? <laughs> That's three <laughs> votes for and... One against. Perfect timing. There's a Zat problem with the ship. What kind of problem? Breaking away from the pirate ship ruptured the entire filtering system. What does that mean? It means she's venting coolant, and if we don't land soon, the engines will explode. We'll have to land and let the system reset. Then it's settled. If we stay out here, we'll die. We go to Florum, let the engines cool, and rescue Ahsoka. A rescue mission? <laughs> I left that part in just for R2. <laughs> um, okay. So the, sh- the damaged ship is making the decision for them. It is great, too, because at the very end, R2 just holds up the head of <laughs> Uwe. It just, like, shocks it a little yeah. bit. Um, so uh, basically the plan is here. Uh, Gnoidia is going to be staying on the ship because she is the only one with any kind of flight training. And so Petro is like, we're going to have to get out of here quick once we get her. Gnodi. God. <laughs> Can you just write it on like a piece of paper and hang it up? Anyways, but yeah, she's the only one with uh, any kind of flight training. So she's staying back with a ship um, with R2. And so like she's watching as they exit the training room all together, all the ones that are going on the mission. And R2, <laughs> you see him, he's working on Huyang's head. And for absolutely no reason... He just does a 360 <laughs> spin with his head. <laughs> just because he can. He's the best. God, I. it's like they want us to focus on him. <laughs> like his appearance could be just so just nothing. But he just has to do awesome <laughs> things all the time. Yeah. He literally just spins his head around in a circle for no reason. <laughs> and he once again solidifies himself as the all-star of the week. Yeah. Yeah, I already wrote it down in the document, by yeah, the way. Uh, yeah, I got bored. Um, I got mine, too. So, we go to uh, Hondo's base on Florham after this, and everybody's partying. We've been in this party room before. This is where Kenobi and Anakin had drinks that got spiked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they thought that they outwitted them, but somehow they still... Remember that, where I was just mind-blown oh, by yeah. it? Where, where that, that plot hole where... Like Kenobi's like, There's oh, like yeah. a drunken supercut of them doing a bunch of like wild shit before passing out. Yeah, and but they knew that that drink that they were handed was spiked and they dumped it out or something, yeah. didn't they? Yeah. But then they still passed out anyways yeah. and got taken into custody and thrown into a cell with Dooku. And I was just like, why the fuck? It, it made no sense at the time. It still didn't. But that's where we are. Um. So all the all the way Owens, Weequay, 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 all the Weequay, we got it. 
All the Weequay are just rocking and partying in there. Uh, we see Lobster Bib just passing out on a table. <laughs> Dude still has the bib on. Do you think he ever got himself a lobster? I hope so. He certainly looks like he's been eating a few lobsters. <laughs> <laughs> Heavy on the butter, you know? <laughs> just, hey, you dip it in there. Hey, get it on your mouth. <laughs> Crunch. Okay. No, do you think anybody gets that? Crunch. <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> Oh, God, I, should I say it before I forget about it? Yeah. Happy birthday to Nika Futterman. Oh, yes. Uh, Saj Ventress, uh, one of my lady loves. Um, so I did just a little like deep dive on Nika Futterman, right? And I found a post from, because Nika Futterman, she has a Twitter, but not active at all. Okay. But I went on it, and I just kind of did some scrolling on like the media, and there is a picture of her with like Jennifer Tilly, and a few other people, and I'll let you guess who the other person playing poker with them was. Jennifer. Somebody that we dedicated a fair amount of airtime to recently. Really? Yes. And I was just blown away that we had someone from... Not from Star Wars at all, but from Star Wars. Played a prominent role on a few episodes recently. Crunch. Su- Susanna Hoffs? No. Crunch. Norm McDonald? Norm McDonald. Get the fuck out of here. Norm McDonald playing poker at somebody's house with like Nika Futterman, Jennifer Tilly, and a few <laughs> other people. And I was just like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Ventress and Norm in the room together. That's insane. Yeah. Anyways. Did you um, tweet at her and wish her a happy birthday? No. I mean, she's oh. not active at all. Um, but yeah, so we see Lobster Bitch just fucking passing out drunk as fuck on a table. Uh, we see, for the first time ever, some Weequay ladies that I can remember. Um, they're all over Hondo. Although, those are ladies. Are we sure they're ladies? I'm 100% sure. Oh, okay. I mean, I'm assuming. I should not assume. Because I saw it and thought a completely different thing. I thought that Hondo is just like, oh, they're showing Hondo as kind of a like pan guy. Oh, so he's, Hondo like, is just a, no preference whatsoever. He'll eh, just take know, whatever. We could go with that. I think it's a lady, though. Okay. I think it is because, uh, I don't know. Do you got it up right now on your screen? Yeah, I do. Is there breasts? Uh, I'm not seeing any. I'm but... a good determiner of breasts. Let's see here. Oh, hold on my screen. I'll let my... you know if there's breasts. Huh. It's like the clothing. Like, look at the clothing yeah. there. It's like a long, like... Uh... Once you said that the clothing is a, like, coding thing that... I don't know. Yeah. And like, as we all know, the clone cast stance is gender is a social construct. Um, but on a traditional gender level, the clothing struck me as traditionally feminine. Yes. And so I think I those could, are weak way women. That. So I think those are weak way women. Okay. I don't know, though. We'll go with it. But, you know, hey, man, maybe Hondo is just, you know. I think it'd be fucking awesome if yeah. it was just like Hondo. Still really problem Because he has he has one in an embrace, and then the other one's kind of over his shoulder, and he like lifts his drink back and like gives that one a sip of his drink. It's very horny, whatever's going on here. Um, but when I saw him do that, and I was under the impression that it was just two of his dude buddies, so I was like, oh, yeah, all right. Very horny. Yeah. Um, I thought it was two ladies. We, we don't need to dive deep dive too deep into it um but right in front of them you know like it look, it's almost like she's the mc ahsoka is there and they're <laughs> yeah. all just kind of surrounding her passing out around her parting around her and she's in an energy holding thing you know the holding pattern um and hondo is, starts chatting i was like oh you know my dear you know he's doing his hondo thing 
And he's basically like talking about how he's going to sell her off. And he says his buyer would pay very handsomely for a female Jedi. He really plays up the female yeah. Jedi. And uh, extra creepy, he's like, it, you know, I'd prefer you to be alive, but he'll still pay handsomely if you're dead, too. And I'm like, what the fuck <laughs> is going on here? This is like some necrophiliac shit, man. Well, that's what I thought. I thought that, too. Like, at first, when he said that he wants to pay for a female Jedi, I had the same thought of, like, ugh. I thought of, like, but, a big hut, you but know? then as soon as he said, like, and he doesn't care if they're alive or dead. I'm then like, is I this like, experimentation? I didn't really go, like, like, necrophilia route. I went just, like, what the fuck Do they want to, like, take the mean? blood out and do experiments with midichlorians? Or, like, do, like, a taxidermy type situation? What the fuck does it matter if she's a female? Yeah. Don't know. I mean, if they're doing science experiments, you think it wouldn't matter there. So I just got a really creepy vibe from that line. Yeah. Like something weird. Like he's basically, this is like human trafficking, disgusting shit. Like Hondo is, God, man, I, I've enjoyed him a lot of times. I I can't get on board with him right now. <laughs> he has plummeted. It's crazy from the Honor and Arc, the last episode of the Honor and Arc to where we are now. That's three episodes. Hondo is like probably like right near like Palpatine levels of pieces of shit. Yeah, he's he's gone down considerably. He, like they are really like showing like everything why you should not like Hondo. <laughs> yep. So he's engaging in human trafficking here. He's going to sell Ahsoka to somebody who really said, "I'll pay more for a female Jedi, and I don't care if they're dead or alive." And the, what that means, uh, you know, just do your own head cannon on that. But it's fucked up, no matter what. It's fucking gross. Um, and she's also very thirsty. And Hondo's just like, oh, you want a drink? And he kind of like puts it up to her mouth. And Ahsoka's just like, yeah, she's really thirsty. So she like brings her mouth up. To and then he just pulls it away. And he's just, oh, I don't like to share. The other thing that's just mind boggling is like they know each other. They've had like long, friendly conversation. Honor <laughs> and Ark, the last episode of the Honor, he's like, here's some fucking rockets, you know? Yeah. Oh, gotta go. Like, you know? They are very cordial to yes. each other. It's crazy to me. Yeah. Like, I understand, like, the premise of a character that is completely motivated by money, but there's just, like, no humanity there. Yeah. None. Like, you think there well, would I be mean, some humanity have there. Have you really talked to libertarians? Because... You're really sold on him being a libertarian, <laughs> aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I tweeted out that thing, uh, Star Wars characters most likely to engage in <laughs> cryptocurrency yeah. mining operation in their garage. <laughs> I muted it after 160 likes. <laughs> I learned my lesson. I learned my lesson with the uh, the Boba Fett starship debacle, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and I can't remember what the other ones were. But I was just like, all right, I'm not going to... There's a chance that someone's going to really piss me off here, so I just muted it. I don't know where it's at right now. I don't know if anybody took offense to it, but I had to throw Ben Solo on there because <laughs> he just looks like one of those guys. Yeah. There's like the three like cave trolls, and then there's just Ben Solo, like the guy that like... Oh, he's a normal guy, and then I'll send. So, crypto's the wave of the future. He's the dude you know? that got in early and made like a shitload of money, yeah. but is still trying to sell people on it. Yeah, yep, exactly. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know. Hondo is just gone downhill. He's gone. I can't like him right now. Yeah, and I'm gonna have like when he when I I know he'll do something eventually, where I'm like, oh, that Hondo. But this is just it's an indicator that like. Oh, he's gotten up to some shady shit in the past. Yeah, but this is good character development, too. Yeah. 
Like, this is how you flesh out a character. Lux Bonitary is the most stale, milk toast, yeah. boring fucking thing ever. And whereas Hondo, it's like he's pulling you in eight different directions. Yeah. This is how you write a character. Yeah. You want the viewer to feel some internal yes. conflict. And that's what I'm saying. As soon as he does something good now, every single time he does something good, I'm like, yeah, but he almost he's selling Ahsoka into like sex slavery. But the other interesting thing, too, and I again, I hark on this a lot. I give a lot of credit to the voice acting, because if the voice actor wasn't as good as he is, that could not be easy to sell. Like, oh, that yeah, inner no. conflict would be just like, who gives a shit? No, but it's the fact that yeah. the voice actor has given him so much personality. Well, the thing that's great about Hondo is it's like a three pronged attack. You have the great voice acting. You have the great writing. And then you have, like, the great design on the character. It's the same thing for Ventress. Yeah. Like, every single character that's fucking awesome has that three-pronged attack. They all have, like, a unique design. And for all, like, the Queeway, or we... <laughs> <laughs> but, like, we remarked on the last episode, like, Lobster Bib is the first one that, like, looks, like, physically different at all. Yeah. But that being said, with Hondo's design, like, the way he's animated, he stands out still. I mean, he's got the same, like, 5'10", 160 pounds, but he's just cool looking. Yeah. You know, he's got the cool goggles. He's got the interesting little horns. He's got the like pirate coat. Yeah. Like he just has a vibe about him. So like graphically they sell him, they sell him on the writing level, and then the voice acting puts him over the top. So he's a well done character. Lux Bonitary, it's like literally like looking at a snowman. <laughs> like <laughs> Lux Bonitary is like driving down a street. Every day leaving for work in the middle of winter and you see the slow man slowly melting away. You know, it looks all like nice at first, like that first episode. You're like, oh, that character's got some potential. Two weeks later, the snowman is like half broken and he's just like got an arm like his one stick is laying on the ground. He just reminds me of like every once in a while when you make toast in the morning and you forgot that you don't have butter or jam <laughs> or anything and you just have to eat a piece of dry yeah. toast. Like but that's... you need to get something in you <laughs> yeah. because you took your B12 and if you don't eat something, <laughs> you're going to get all weird. <laughs> you're going to be shaky for hours until you get something in your stomach. That's Lux Bonitary. Yeah. Like, it couldn't be more like the dynamics between a character like Hondo and a character like him. And it's so jarring when these are the two arcs that are back to back. <laughs> it's just like, it floors you, man. It's insane. Where were we? Okay. This is a, you know, this is good, though. Yeah. It's good to get off track, I think. Maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> I guess they'll let us know. <laughs> um, so we get back to uh, Kenobi, and they're having a massive space battle. It's huge. It's awesome. I completely forgot that this happened in this arc. It's crazy, too, because it is totally like the secondary storyline. It's barely like... It's a very quick scene. It's like maybe a minute yeah. of the space battle, but it's fucking massive, and it's cool. The other thing, so right when him and Cody were like, oh, well, looks like you're sticking around, Like I immediately was like, well, do you want to just give the kids a call and be like, hey, FYI, it's going to take a minute? Like, Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I guess... Yeah, so I kind of thought, like, why can't you just page him? Yeah. Yeah. Or why didn't they page them? And like, hey, we've been waiting a while. Is everything okay? No kidding. And, but at the same time, I'm kind of thinking, like, how long was Petro waiting before he was like, oh, he's been waiting forever? Yeah. Because it seems it like seems this like battle is minutes. taking place really quickly. Like, it's a it's a huge, massive clash, like, right away. There's no way that this is, like, some long, drawn-out, like, war of attrition where they're staring at each other and pushing forward then pulling back. Yeah. Nothing like that. Um, but, yeah, so massive space battle. We get to Kenobi, and th he's like, we're being overrun. Like, they were not expecting this attack. It's way more separatist forces, and they get notification that boarding parties are coming. 
Um, so Kenobi's like, Commander Cody, we got to get down to the hangar and we got to fend them off. We got to take out these boarding parties. We get down to the hangar and all these boarding parties are landing. Lots of battle droids, lots of super battle droids, and they are being headed up by Grievous. Comes in on his nice little lander. Uh, it's the cool Separatist lander that we've seen before. Yeah. And it's cool because they land right in the middle of that like runway where all the fighters take off on the Republic uh, destroyers. Um, yeah, the uh, Venadors. They got that. Yeah. The, they got the like the right in the middle of the triangular design. Yeah, the docking that, bay like, opens up. The docking on the bay top. opens up. Yep. So they all land there. Um, huge firefight taking place in the hangar. Um, Grievous comes out and starts just like chucking clones and just wasting them because the clones are trying to push forward to like cl- push them back and get them out of there. And then there's one, uh, Grievous like throws him and then stomps on his neck and like slowly crushes his neck. Oh, no, it, he's it's not his neck. I went back and looked. He puts his his claw, his like foot. Claw, I thought he had it on his neck. It's like around his chest cavity. Oh, yeah. Oh, I thought like, it was his neck. It's around the whole chest. And then he's got it like two of his things like around. his OK, neck, but like. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. Grim. And like, you know, and this kind of like stare down at this moment and like. Uh, Kenobi's like approaching and as Kenobi's approaching Grievous just like crushes with his foot yeah and you hear you the cracking hear, of you bones you can hear the clone kind of struggling but then Grievous makes it a point to like look at Kenobi and wait until Kenobi can see him and then just and yeah. then just crushes the guy and you hear like bones crack it is one of the nastiest yeah kids show it's gross kids show <laughs> Kids show. We need like a kids show drop. But even before that, he like, Grievous has some moves. Grievous kicks. He, like, yeah, he picks a clone up and like throws, throws one at another one, and then another one's coming like charging at yeah. him. Yeah, and Grievous like grabs that one with his left foot and does this like spin move where his whole body kind of like revolves around yeah. his right leg. And then he just throws that clone at another guy, too. Well, yeah, yeah. Grievous is built in an interesting way that he can, like, spin around. He's like a gyrocopter yeah. or whatever, you know? He can, like, move in all these cool directions yeah. and shit. He's like one of those freestyle BMX bikes where you could move, you know, have the gyro on the handle so you can move in 360. Yeah. Like, that's Grievous just fucking <laughs> spinning around like crazy. But, yeah, I mean... We've seen Grievous kick the shit out of clones before. Like, he does really well with the clones. Yeah. Like, when they charge in on him, they're just getting chucked. And the one that he eventually crushes, he throws, like, 10 yards. He, like, grabs him and throws him 10 yards and then walks up to him. And while he's, like, writhing in pain on the ground, that's when he that's does this he, whole... Yeah. And, it's, and Kenobi, like, sees all this. And, and Kenobi's like, you'll pay for that. Like, Kenobi was pissed, man. Kenobi was not a fan of this. Um... So we get back to the younglings. Um, they land on Florm at this point. Um, R2 is put in charge of finishing uh, the assembling on Huyang. Um, we, uh, they've landed far away from the base. Um, obviously, they don't want to land at Hondo's front door. So we see, um, <laughs> we see them just kind of looking around in their... These binoculars, to me, we see them in, like, every other episode, but they make no sense to me. Well, yeah, they uh, they remind me of almost... There's some stuff in, like, uh, like the Metal Gear games that you play that have stuff like this, where there's no, like, lenses or anything. It's like, what are you seeing? I'm assuming that it's some kind of, like, computer, like, generation. Yeah. Like, I mean, some it's form technology of, like, that's beyond our mi- our yeah. small minds here. But, you know, without like any ocular like vision thing, I'm just kind of like, this there's is... no lenses. Yeah, or anything it like looks that. like they're just like staring at like a plate of metal. Yeah. You know, and they're just, well, how do you see it? Um, But yeah, so they use their binoculars and they see that there's like a large power source 
off in the distance. So they're going to head towards that. And the plan is they're going to strategize what they want to do once they get there uh, while they're heading that way. So they're heading towards the power source, which they are assuming is Hondo's base. Um, we get back to Ahsoka and Hondo, and it is going to be our next You know the Republic won't pay a ransom for me, and the Separatists can't be trusted. They'll betray you and kill us both. Yes, I know this, my dear. The Separatists are no friends of mine. Don't ask me why, but Dooku holds such a grudge against me since our little... I think we got ahead of ourselves on the talking about this. Affair. The truth is... I have my sides set on more nefarious criminals than I. A businessman yeah, who will pay handsomely for a Jedi. A female Jedi at that. You don't scare me, Hondo. Oh, oh by the way, they don't care if you're dead or alive. I mean, I prefer alive, less messy. But I find my mood so changeable these days. Okay, so when we discussed Tondo's first conversation with her, uh, we kind of got ahead of ourselves and we just combined them. It's fine. It, it, you know, we've already discussed it. But you can see there, really, I mean, this is human trafficking. It's absolutely disgusting. It's one of those, like, vile things you can participate in. So, and the implications there, I don't know. I, it's gross. You get the, you get the impression that it's a hut of some kind, although I'm trying to figure out it could be... Uh, what's the name of the the main villain from Solo? He was played by Paul Bentney. Or oh yeah, Crimson Dawn. Uh, yeah, Redrick, 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 Redrick Vaughn. Redrick. I'm looking for it right now. But Rick, like I get, Rick Wild Thing Vaughn, played by Charlie Sheen. I'm get uh, like I, oh Voss. Yeah, I could get the idea that it could be someone like him as well. Like it doesn't have to be a hut. That's just kind of the obvious answer but yeah um i don't know it's really but like the whole line that i it just dryden 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 voss dryden voss i should have known that um but the whole line about like doesn't matter if dead or alive and that he you know he really stressed a female jedi i just i don't know it, it it's really creepy yeah for me it's really creepy um so we get back to Obi-Wan and Grievous. They're fighting now, head on. Um, Obi-Wan, you know, Obi-Wan does this thing with Grievous. There's a lot of shit going on at this time, but Grievous does get a kick on him and kind of throws him up against a gunship. And this is where fucking, uh, holy shit, I wrote down Rex. Cody. Yeah. <laughs> Cody's like, General, the fuel tank or something like that. And like Kenobi's like, right. And so Obi-Wan like picks up this fuel tank that's sitting in the hangar and just like throws it towards Grievous with the force. And then Cody shoots it, and it's just this massive fucking fire explosion. Gives him an all around Grievous. Yeah, it was fucking awesome. It was sweet. Yeah, it was. It was assist. You know, it was some cool teamwork from uh, Cody and Obi Wan Kenobi. Very, 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 very cool. Um, it doesn't really. It's really cool looking, but Grievous kind of recovers really quickly. Yeah, like he's just like a machine. He's basically like ninety five percent metal <laughs> yeah. at this point, and anything organic is basically covered up. You know, I mean, we know where his heart is, but it's covered up by like a plate shield and shit like it it didn't do much. It slowed him down, though. Um, So right after this, Kenobi's like, hey, we got to fall back. This ship is lost. We're going to be abandoning it. And so you see him and Cody and a bunch of them just falling back and getting the hell out of there, heading for escape pods. But Obi-Wan's like, we're going to be leaving Grievous a parting gift. He does tell Cody, he's like, the ship is already lost. Yeah, because I think Cody makes the point. Of he's like, like, we got to save the ship. 
Um, and, you know, this this is something that we could totally talk about. Like, this is a ship that they've probably been on through the entire war. Yeah. Like, so this ship probably holds, like, some real value and meaning to them. Like, this has been a ship that they've been on together for a couple of years now. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I can see how, you know, I going back to Star Trek, like, you get attached to these things. Yeah. Like, the Enterprise, like, the crew gets so attached to it. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, this, like a, it's like a family member. I think almost. it is. I think this this is Obi-Wan's flagship. So this yes. is the negotiator. Yes, like, it is. It has a name. Yeah. And so Cody's like, we got to save it, and Obi-Wan's like, it's too late. Already lost. It's lost. But and it, I just, I thought it was another point for Obi-Wan just being, he has enough knowledge to know, like, it's not worth fighting for. It's already lost. Yeah. He knows exactly. No, he to... talked about it. Obi-Wan is the thinker. Yeah. Obi-Wan is always looking like a few steps ahead. And he's. He sees the whole picture. He's very calm. And that's why the, the green saber, blue saber. He mm-hmm. would be a perfect green saber guy, you know. Um, so we they're going to be abandoning the ship. Uh, but they do say Obi-Wan stresses. We're going to be leaving Grievous a parting gift. Um, so we get back to Biff. And Biff is using the binoculars now. But Biff just has it up to one eye. <laughs> It's so great. Um, and Biff spots something off in the distance, and it's a ship traveling through the desert of Florum. Um, and they zoom in on it, and it's got a name tag on the ship, I guess, and it says, Prego's Traveling World of Wonder. Now, this is where the episode just gets, like, flipped upside <laughs> down. Like, you just don't expect this. Like, from what we've seen, it is crazy. This is like getting just sideswiped. And the ship does have, it has like Christmas lights kind of yeah. on the outside of it and a big balloon. You know what it's top? like? It reminded me of the Christmas commercial. I'm sure we'll see them this year too. The Santa Packs are coming. Yeah, yeah. Remember the Coca-Cola? The Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola Santa Packs are coming. Yeah. Santa Packs are coming. But it's like <laughs> Biff saw it in the distance and even the subtitles read clacking excitedly. Like he saw it and like, I feel like he recognized that it was a circus of some kind yeah. and got like super excited yeah <laughs> biff just wants to have fun look man. at his face <laughs> oh he's smiling <laughs> oh that's great um so yeah we get a we get a look in here and it's like a doug it's a doug and this is the doug by the name of prego and he's like the uh he's the head of this carnival it's prego's traveling show um, and you hear him over saying, Hey, we're heading to Hanos. Keep it moving. Keep it moving. And then they pan up to like the top of the ship and piloting this ship are Alina. And uh, we remember Alina as the, uh, the promises that were broken from Tom. <laughs> so if we just, uh, you know, <laughs> I made a lot of promises. I'm sorry. I made a lot of promises in regards to the Alina. So uh, I said I was going to cover their song, and the Thorian historian made sure to remind me of that. So I still have yet to cover the. There's still the, time. There's still time. We're you know we got plenty of episodes left. Yeah, Alina are the the little creatures from what episode was that one? It was the one with R two and. 3PO. It was R two and three PO and uh, Commander Wolf. Yeah. Um, and they land their uh s- something mission uh supply mission. No, it's not supply mission. Oh, man. I don't know. But they had like a massive earthquake on their planet. Yes. And they're they're like these little guys and they're cute and they look like little dinosaurs, basically. They remind me of the dinosaurs from like Super Mario World in the opening levels. Um, You know, and they're they're like kind of smiley little reptile guys. The the one that I described as the Jeff Gordon of Alina is uh, the pod racer. Rats Terrell. Yeah. The pod racer from episode one is where we're first introduced to the Alina. Um, So it's three Alina piloting the ship. Yeah. 
And so the Jedi younglings like, oh, well, you know, they're probably heading there. Let's they're probably heading to Hanos. Let's fucking get over there. So they walk out in the middle of the pathway there and the Alina pull full stop on Prito's traveling ship. Um, and we are going to get our next clip. And this is the younglings talking up uh, Prigido and trying to get um, they're trying to sneak into his crew here. Um, and use this as their kind of plan to get a service. You there, what, what, what are you doing? I said faster, not stop. Sir? Are we to understand you are on your way to the pirate stronghold? Yes, what's it to you? Who are you? How did you get out here? Sir, our ship crashed and we've been stranded. But our misfortune is to your benefit. Oh, really? And, uh, how is that, my curious friend? We... are... acrobats! Entertainers! We would love to join your act and, and travel shit. with you to your next destination. Really? Uh, all of you wish to join my act, huh? Right. <laughs> you would like to come with us when we go to entertain Hondo and his pirate horde? Very much so. Yes. Oh, no, no, no. I, I'm sorry. The pirates are an unforgiving audience. I couldn't possibly... What a... So they put How this, like, really cool, like, oh, my, my. pyramid-type thing? Artist. True artiste. Young man, how many of these tricks can you do? How many do you want? Oh, uh, welcome to the show. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. So, um, Prigo, very excited about his new find. <laughs> Just tripped across him in the middle of the desert. <laughs> Five world-class acrobats. <laughs> this is literally what happens in A Bug's Life. Like, I yeah. can't get over that. I love Prigo's character. Just the voice. Yeah. He's so carny director. Yeah. You know, and just like... It's such a weird, like, we've met Dugs, yep. uh, Zillow Beast Arc, Malastare, when they were dropping the urinal cakes. This is, <laughs> this is by far the light, the lightest hearted Doug. Doug that we've ever met. Yeah, he's really like a fucking freak show <laughs> <Yeah>. or something. <laughs> but, like, um, yeah, w when you compare him to the other Dugs, I mean, we've got Sabalba, yeah. also introduced in episode one. And then in Malastare, good God. Those psychos. Remember the death on Malastare? Yeah. That Doug that charged in on like the the tank and just got blasted. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's so good. But yeah, I mean, they are very unlikable. They were very yeah. rough around the edges and they wanted to just like off the Zillow Beast with their urinal cakes. Remember, they're just dropping <laughs> yep. tons of urinal cakes on them. So this is the first like likable Doug, I guess. Um, he doesn't do anything too offensive. You know, I'm sure he's probably like a bit of a shady character dealing with Hondo and running a fucking traveling carnival circus. I'm sure he's not like the best guy, but we can only go with what they show us. And he seems perfectly harmless, yeah. you know. Um, so they're going to join up with him and they're going to use that to get in close to Ahsoka and hopefully free her. Um, so we get back to Kenobi's ship uh, and we see Grievous entering the bridge. Battle droid's like, yeah, we've secured the bridge. Uh, everything's good to go. And he's like, good, start downloading all their information. And right as he says that, a hollow pops up on the little the little hollow battle map that we see them, you know, on all the bridges of these ships. And it's Kenobi. And he pops up and he's like, hey, hey, General Grievous, you have defeated me. Um, but right now I am actually boarding an escape pod and this ship is about to self-destruct. So, <laughs> like, I... 
I thought it was funny and it was kind of it was very Obi Wan. It was just this repeating hollow message. But it's like you could have just not told him. Yeah. And just you would have been rid of Grievous. <laughs> yeah. Like, but Grievous immediately, as soon as he hears that, just bolts out of there and heads back to the hangar bay and heads to his landing ship. There's like a droid that's guarding it, and he's like, "Hello, sir!" And like, like Grievous just chucks him out of the way. There's two droids, <laughs> and he just throws both of them aside. I yeah. wrote down like nobody hates droids more than Grievous. He is the he is responsible for so many droid deaths. <laughs> yes. We really have to cover the uh, myths and fables that I read about the low-energy battle droid that stood up to Grievous <laughs> and purposely threw a battle and, like, <laughs> threw his plan under the bus without his permit. Like, just completely fucked up his plans just to save droid life. It's a great little story. That's awesome. And I think I read it, like, literally, like, a couple weeks after we watched Cat and Mouse. So I was, like, still just, like, sky high in the LEBDs. Yeah. I mean, I obviously still am, but, like... We should. I should just read that story. Yeah. Maybe episode 100, I'll just read the short For story sure. and insert it. It's fucking great. He just throws Grievous's plan out the window. <laughs> <laughs> he fucking rules. Um, so, yeah, Grievous does get out of their way. The, the two droids assist ship takes off. They're like, oh, no. And the ship just starts to blow up. Yep. Poor guy. I feel bad for these droids. I know. Man. I do, too. Grievous is the worst fucking commander. Like, and we've seen it. We I think we remarked on it before. Like, when Dooku's around him, like... He's not wasting them. No. Like, he, he realizes there's value in having them around. But Grievous is just like a fucking... No. If they cr- slightly cross him, he just, like, destroys them. <laughs> Grievous sucks, man. <laughs> but I will say, Grievous's character has, like, grown into be a pretty good bad guy. Yes. Because he was so disappointing at yep. first. He was just such a klutz. And now we're like, he's had some competent moments lately. Yeah. So, once again... You have your Lux Bonitary Milk Toast. You have your General Grievous, who grows. And I feel like he's he's uh, he's learned a little humility since getting taken down by the Gungans that one time. That was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we get to K- Kenobi and Commander Cody, and they're just watching the ship explode from their a, like, escape pod. It's a those those escape pods. We see them do it every single time, but they kind of launch off and, from the ship, and then, and then like, they have little like slowly turn around. Yeah. <laughs> so you can watch the havoc. <laughs> Yeah. That you just escaped. <laughs> Congratulations. Like, the thing is also with this, I was kind of like, I wouldn't tell him that I'm leaving on escape pods either. Like, yeah. They're really, we've seen it. They're easy to shoot down. <laughs> yeah. They're just sitting ducks. All they have is like a little propulsion system that pushes like some fucking air out or something yeah. that like slowly guides you places. Like, they are dead to rights in those things. And it's not like there's any help coming anytime soon. So, I don't know. It, it's a secondary story in the episode anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, but Obi-Wan's like, the younglings are going to have to be on their own for a bit. Um, so we see the circus. They're arriving at Hondo's compound. Hondo is being, Hondo is being like, catered around like a king. Like, uh, Red Lobster, Kwiwe, is, like, <laughs> carrying him around. Like, Hondo's on a chair, and people are just, like, shuffling Hondo around. Like, it's a bar mitzvah or something. Yeah. Just, like, carrying him around on the chair. Hondo is fucking faded, man. I mean, they're all drunk, but Hondo is like, he's slurring words. He's kind of like falling over and he's just, I mean, he's in a good mood, you know, so I guess they got that going. Um, we see the youngling is in a ship as they're preparing to go out and do their tumbling act. And they got some new swag. They got like masks on. And they got some gymnast gear and oh, stuff. they're circused up. Yeah, they're all circused up. But Prigo. just really handy that they had all these specialty costumes for him. Prigo, too, has like a crew with him. Like he has some some Twi'leks and there's he's a got some Twi'leks. He's got a Togruta. Uh, he's got like a large Stegosaur like we saw in the last episode. Remember yeah. that? Um, what were those things called again? I don't remember. Oh, I can't remember. But they're like, they're like Stegosaur without the cool like back shielding or whatever the hell we want to call it the backbones 
What are those things on a stegosaur? Plates. Are they plates? Okay. Are those bone? Do we know? They're bone, aren't they? I'm assuming. I mean, uh, you know, plates. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they're plates, but I are mean, they're, they... they fossilize, so I'm okay. assuming they're bone. I was just making sure they weren't like cartilage. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know what I'm fucking talking about. I'm not an archaeologist. About. I'm just curious. I'm not Ross from Friends. Yeah. Like, are they bones or are they cartilage? I'm assuming, I'm assuming they're bones. Yeah. Because they have fossils of them. So, bones. I'm sorry I even brought it up. I'm stupid. Um, you just like saying bones. Yeah. Send us your bones. Have you ever seen that? <laughs> no. You got to watch Tim and Eric. <laughs> Richard Dunn, he's an, he's an old wobbly guy. Send us your bones. <laughs> That's uh, John C. Riley throwback there. Um, but yeah, our next clip is going to be Prego kind of greeting Hondo and like, hey, I'm here for the show. And Hondo is in a cheery mood, but he also has some grim stuff here. So let's just take a listen. I, Priego, your humble servant, have searched far and wide, O illustrious plunderer of the universe, and found you a most special entertainment. <laughs> Good. I would hate to be forced <laughs> to cut off the heads like I did your last time. You remember They cut to a weekway that's like holding up a skull. <laughs> you are scary. And to come before me again. Look, he has Ahsoka's lightsabers. I'll get them. <laughs> Where is my Jedi? I would hate for her to miss the show, which I'm hoping will be better than last time. Excellent. Let the show begin. Yes, no. of course. Yeah, yeah, may I present the uh, Animal Instincts? <laughs> animal Instincts. Now, I just want you to hear something here. Excellent. Let the show begin. Yes, of course. Okay. So, so if the human trafficking wasn't bad enough, this is the final straw. <laughs> so, as Hondo's saying that, that noise you heard was a gonk droid, and we've seen gonk droids carry drinks before. They're very good at it. So he's got some drinks on there for Hondo, and the gonk droid, it's a big gonk, too. This isn't like a smaller gonk. This is like the biggest gonk I've ever seen. This is like a refrigerator gonk. Like, this is the gonk that is powering Red Lobster. Like, they just plug Red Lobster Weequay into him, and that's how he recharges. But this gonk is carrying drinks over, brings a drink to Hondo, and then right after Hondo takes the drink, he just kicks the gonk droid on its side, <laughs> right over. and he uses it as an ottoman. It's so rude. Yeah. Like, it's unforgivable. You cannot yep. do that to a gonk droid. No. Gonk droids are life. <laughs> we love gonk droids. The, the, the gonk droids are the official droid of the clone we cast. We're very pro-gonk. Huge pro-gonk. We love gonks. Follow hot gonk droid pics <laughs> on Twitter. I haven't posted on any of those stupid accounts in a long time. I should probably get back on that. <laughs> yeah. I'll just throw a gonk in a bikini and I'll post it. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. All right. Um, so the animal instincts, after that just egregious attack by Hondo on the gonk droid, the animal instincts, being the performers that they are, will push forward with the show. They put on a hell of a tumbling performance. They got like a seesaw that they're jumping up yeah. and down and like shooting each other in the air. It looks fun. <laughs> um, but it Hondo is, is... It is like a Cirque du Soleil show. Yeah, it's great. Um, and Hondo's having a great time. And then they gesture for Hondo like, hey, join us in the next stunt. Um, <laughs> and then like two Twi'lek women come up to Hondo like, yeah, come on. And like they grab him. These are the two Twilight women that work for Priego. Yep. And <laughs> so as they're grabbing him to pull him up there, <laughs> we see a uh, wee quay. Uh, now it's either a woman or one of the ones, we don't know yes. if it's a woman or if it's a guy or what. Um, but one of the ones that Hondo has been flirting with all night, kind of like 
try to get in the way and go with Hondo. And Hondo just like pushes her away. He palms her in the face and just throws her to the ground. It is dark, man. <laughs> it's so bad. It's so bad. Um, yeah, so like Hondo, like <laughs> Hondo's done having sex with Kwee as soon as the Twi'leks show up. Like Hondo's <laughs> like, oh, nope, the Twi'leks are here. Like he's been flirting with her all night and he just throws her to the ground as soon as she tries. <laughs> she gets a little jealous of the Twi'leks. Tries to get in the middle of it, and Hondo is having none of it. It is, dude. Hondo is not doing well right no, now. No, Hondo. It's gonna take a yeah. lot for him to come back from this one. So, what have we learned about Hondo in the last few episodes? He's engaging in human trafficking. <laughs> <laughs> he's abusive. He's pretty sure he's an alcoholic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's fucking dude he's denying his prisoners. Yeah, basic liquids. sustenance. Yeah, he's he's letting his prisoners just rot. He's a horrible yeah. piece of shit. Yeah. I don't like him. It's bad. It's bad. Nothing good coming from Hano on this one. All the good vibes are gone. All of them. Ugh. So, Hondo is trash. He gets up there and he starts like, oh, watch Hondo's moves. And he starts just pointing. <laughs> he's got this dance where he's just he's pointing. pointing with both fingers. He's pointing with both fingers. And it, have you ever heard, have you heard of Tim Robinson? It sounds familiar. He's the guy that I think you should leave. It's a show on Netflix. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But there's a... The way he got that show was a show called Netflix Presents the Characters. And it was just like they would give like various comics like 30 minutes to do a sketch comedy show. And his is like basically what turned into the pilot for I Think You Should Leave. And if you've ever watched I Think You Should Leave, I highly recommend watching his version of Netflix The Characters. There is this... <laughs> there's this skit... Um, where it's like a it's like a work a big work conference expo and you know they have like entertainment come through and they're like all right our next entertainers the pointer brothers are going to be taking the stage <laughs> and like they cut down to a couple of people and they're like what is it like a pointer sisters cover band and no it's just three guys and they run out and they just start pointing at everybody <laughs> to like <laughs> some music and they're like all right when we point at you you can stand up <laughs> And like it, they're literally doing the Hondo dance, yeah. and it's funny because all the Weekway like watching him and cheering him on start doing the dance <laughs> with him. So everybody's doing the Pointer Brothers dance, and I fucking love it. So check out the Pointer Brothers and their friend Wagyu, who is also very problematic. <laughs> do, Wagyu, do not touch anybody. He's just like this grimace-looking thing that comes out, and he's just like, ah, I'm Wagyu. All right, sorry. If you watched it, it would make sense. Um, so check it out. So yeah, um, Hondo, um, he like uh, oh okay sorry here I am okay so Katuni um, as Hondo is getting ready to do the trick that they're having him she sees that he has Ahsoka sabers and she just sneaks him off he's trash he don't know what the fuck's going on so Katuni just like grabs him off his belt um, and so um, we get a really cool scene here too as they're like setting up Hondo to do this trick they put him on like the seesaw and they're gonna like shoot him in the air. Um, but we get like the Alina percussion unit. It's very cool. Like it's just two Alina and like they're sit one sitting on the other's like shoulders. And they're like throwing balls against. <laughs> yeah, they're the throwing drum. like balls in a very rhythmic way against this big drum. It's very cool. Um, and we also see uh, the Gam Guard. Um, now, <laughs> I have decided. <laughs> I have decided this is the job he chose. That is the Gam Guard I've been talking about for weeks. 
That is Ankar. <laughs> That's him. Yeah, it's him. He wanted to be a clown. As soon as I saw it, I was like, yep, there, yep. there it is. So the new goal of the clone cast, I make an announcement. <laughs> I want it to be canon that that clown Gamorian is the gam guard that I have been ranting about for the last month. <laughs> How awesome. How do we make it? How, how do, we, do we make it happen? How do we make it so that it's written into <laughs> Wikipedia? Yes, that that clown Gamorian yeah. is named Clown Gamgard, formerly employed by Jabba the Hutt. Formerly, <laughs> <laughs> we can have his whole job history. On we could just write up like a LinkedIn profile for him and put it on Wikipedia, and just have his fucking shitty like headshot picture. He's just the depressed clown. Like, it's so funny, too, because he's so scared when they're setting Hondo up yeah. in the tree. You can tell he's, like, shaking in his boots. <laughs> but that's on cart. I'm, that is on yes. cart. I, I think that that is the perfect way to end his. Yes. Right there. That's it. We're done. We're <laughs> retiring him. one finger in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> he's such a coward. <laughs> so, yeah, um, a whole lot going on there. Oh, uh, where the were lights we? go up and the person that's going to be jumping on the other end of the seesaw launching. Yeah. Launching Hondo into the air <laughs> is Biff is Biff standing on top of the ship. <laughs> and his outfit is great. <laughs> yeah. He's got like flowers. It's <laughs> like holding up branches. With yeah. Flowers. <laughs> but yeah. So he's like, I would say a good 200 feet in the air. Yeah. And he's just going to jump off the top of the ship and land on the seesaw <laughs> and just fire Hondo into the air. So Biff dives off the ship, sends flying, sends Hondo flying off the seesaw. Uh, Hondo just crashes into um, some just shit. I don't know. What did he crash into? I don't know. Just like crates like, and just stuff. Just some crates and stuff. And like Hondo's laughing it up and having a great time. While this is going on, Katuni goes over to Ahsoka and uses her lightsabers to free her. Um, so they all start taking off. As Hondo crashes, the younglings and Ahsoka start running out of there. Uh, some of the Weequay are like, "Hey, it's those little younglings! Like that's—they're not the—they're not the, they're not the uh, animal instincts." <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so they see him taken off, and they begin to give chase. Um, a couple of Queeway jump on a speeder to give chase, and they got to be just driving horribly drunk. Yeah, like they're well. Oh yeah. Like I'm sure Florum has some lax drunk driving laws. But they are still well past they that. They are three sheets. I think they've been drinking for like eight days straight. <laughs> yeah. Like as soon as they landed there, they've just been pounding back <laughs> yeah. the Weequay brews. Um, so we see Priego. He's like, oh, shit, this is all going bad. Hondo's <laughs> going to kill us. And he just bails. He, he's like, we got to get out of here. We got to get out of here. And so they get in the ship and they take off. And he leaves his goddamn stegosaur behind. Yeah. His bedazzled, cool stegosaur. He leaves it behind. Um, the Jedi and, uh, they all, they find this like larger speeder that they take off on. Hondo is drunken and yelling orders. Where's my Jedi? And Hondo is like, Hondo is not like, uh, really grasping the severity of the situation. No. Like he's just so drunk that he's just kind of like, go get him. Whatever. He didn't give a fuck right now. Um, Hondo and the, uh, Stegosaur that were left behind do have a brief moment of bonding. Like my Jedi left me and your master left you. <laughs> it gives him a big lick. Yeah. It gives him a big lick. Like Hondo deserves far worse after this episode, but at least he had to get licked by a disgusting Stegosaur. <laughs> I guess it's the start of his penance. Um, but our final clip is going to be Ahsoka and the younglings to close off the episode as this. How do you feel better now? I could pretend to be angry, but you were all very brave. Thank you. Disobeyed orders. Well, I've learned from my master. 
that sometimes doing the right thing means bending the rules. Kenodi, come in please. Get the ship ready, we need to take off. Alright, so they are heading back to the ship, still on form and still being pursued, but they've got a little bit of a head start here. Uh, but they're heading back to the ship, and that is where we leave off for this episode. So, what does IMDB give us on Bound for Rescue? IMDB is giving this one a 7.5. Another 7.5. Well, last, last week was 7.8. Yeah. So it's been slowly dropping as we go through this arc. Yep. Which I don't agree with. <laughs> yeah. I'm loving this. <laughs> it's so fucking... It's like, this is the kind of crazy shit that I like. At least they're trying something here. Yeah. Like, the last one was so bland. It and is just, far better than the said, last arc. We said, you know, we've beat milk toast to death, but Andoran is so milk toast. Yeah. So boring. I've already forgotten most of what happens in that arc. The only thing I really remember is um, Nika Futterman's character dropping the groceries <laughs> like two steps from the door, just like chucking the bag. Get out of here. I need to go faster, even though I'm back here already. Um, okay, so 7.5. Um, I That being said, I can't go any higher than an 8 on these. Yeah, yeah. They're more of, uh, you know, I mean, when we're talking 9 territory, we're talking fucking. Oh, yeah. We're talking venture shit. They're we're talking fun, Duchess. but they're not. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm going to give it another 8. Okay. I'm just going to keep going 8 on this until it either goes horribly great or horribly wrong or whatever. That makes I went, sense. I went exactly the same as last week. So, 7. Okay. So, a 7 and an 8. I don't know. I, I, I'm having fun with it, yeah. though. Like, I'm not... They're fun episodes. They absolutely are. There's no, like, real, like, kind of substance to them or anything yeah. like that. But yeah. this is what I... When you, there is a filler, quote, unquote, filler episode, like, this is what I'm hoping for. Yeah. This is no. This is for me. This is like three shadow warriors stacked on top of each other. Yeah, like it's nothing like groundbreaking, yeah. but it's got some stuff in it where like that's really cool. Um, and they, you know, and they, honestly, like there's nothing in it that just makes me horribly cringe. Like this is terrible. Yeah, you know, I mean, they're just it's just solid. It's just solid all around. So I'm enjoying it quite a bit. All right. Um, anything else you want to add? To that nope. Okay, so a seven, and. In eight. Always look on the light side of life. Alright, a light side moment of the episode. Ooh. Man, a lot of good light sides. Um, I'm gonna go with R2 with just the full 360 head spin for absolutely no reason. <laughs> like just doing it because he can do it. Um, I love it. I did it was just such a little like completely unnecessary but it just it's just another layer to why we love r2 so much he's just got he's bursting yeah. with personality and also a huge shout out and a i'm gonna give it a co-light side if that's uh breaking rules sorry but um on cart my gam guard hero <laughs> that i've built an entire backstory for like finally has found his role um, I really hope Hondo takes it easy on Priego's traveling band because otherwise I have a feeling it's going to very end very badly for Oncart. Um, but I was really excited to see Oncart finally make it into uh, animated Star Wars and canon Star Wars. Yeah. So it was great that we at the Clone Cast have finally created a canon character. So Oncart, tip of a hat to you, buddy. God, I knew you could do it. <laughs> what do you got for a light side? Uh, I thought it was cool seeing Cody and Obi-Wan work together. Oh, 
Yeah, the barrel so, throw was sweet. That was sweet. Yeah, that that gasoline throw. Yeah, that was really cool. Well, and we know that that Obi Wan has an affinity for Cody. Yeah, at the very beginning of the Clone Wars. Good man, that Cody. Good man, that Cody. <laughs> what a fucking king, dude. He's so cool. God, I love Obi Wan. <laughs> so yeah, it was cool seeing it happen. Yeah, it was cool. That was great teamwork. And you know what? Like we see Anakin and Rex with the great teamwork. It's yeah. really cool to see Obi Wan like has that bond as well with Cody. For sure. Unfortunately, Cody just tries we to shoot him in a goes. few months, you know. But yeah. hey, if good on them. You the power of the dark side. Alrighty, uh, dark side moment of the episode. I, was, I mean, really, I mean, I said it last episode, and I'm just gonna have to continue with it here. This is the downfall of Hondo's character. Yeah, it's just very sad for me to witness. Um, I mean, he's abusive. <laughs> he's human trafficking. He's doing like all the worst things. And he's also murdering people. Like, he didn't like Priego's show last time, so they hold up the skull of one of his yeah. old performers. It's disgusting. <laughs> Grabbing his girlfriend's face and pushing her down yes! to the ground. He's a horrible it's person. very ugly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, for me, it's just everything Hondo did yeah. in this episode was true dark side. True dark side. <laughs> that, yeah, that deserves all the credit, but I'm going to give it to... Uh, Grievous crushing oh. <laughs> clone's chest cavity yeah. right in front of Obi-Wan. Another true dark side. It was really grim. Yeah. Kids show. Kids show. Kids show. I cannot wait to show you a montage that's online, but there's some spoilers in it, so it's going to have to wait until is it just, we're done. Is it, is it a montage called Kids show? Yeah. <laughs> is it really? Yeah. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, someone beat it to us. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Rex. Were you jealous of Cody? Were you jealous, Rex? <laughs> oh, no. yeah, but anyway, you gotta get it up. Chief. Butter. All right. Dark Horse Hero of the episode. Um. I don't know. We've been going on the track of, you know, we had um, we had Biff, and then we had Gungi. Uh, so I'm just trying to think of what kid I want to give it to this week. I I guess I'll just go ahead and give it to the hotshot, Petro, um, because I, I don't know. He just had the gumption to be like, yeah, let's do this. And I know he was disobeying orders, but really they didn't. They were kind of forced into it. Like, they had to land. So he made the most of it, and he kind of led him there. Yeah. Um, this was by far his episode. So far, yeah. I mean, you could tell that he's, like, taking a leadership role in here. And he wasn't... I mean, he was still a little cocky in this episode, but he wasn't a dick. Like, when um, Katuni, when her lightsaber didn't ignite, like, he wasn't a dick about he it. He was, like, like gloating well, or anything like no, that? No, he wasn't mean about it, like, oh, mine works and yours done. He was just like, oh, well, you got time. Yeah. You know? But he said in a cocky way, like, yeah, I know our, our, our saviors haven't shown up yet, but you're going to have time then. I, mean, at least there's I feel some like good news they there. are showing, they're doing a good job of showing him grow. Yeah. I mean, from where he was when we first met where he met now, much more bearable as a character. Oh, yeah. Uh, still a little annoying at times, but uh, I got to give it to him. Who do you got? Uh, I am giving it to, in the middle of that whole, like, melee that's going on when Grievous lands in the docking bay, uh, there's a quick scene, there's a quick clip where obi-wan is like running towards grievous and in the background you just see two r2 units two astromechs one of them spraying <laughs> spraying its fire <laughs> extinguisher on a ship that is engulfed in flames <laughs> and 
then another small astromech comes wheeling up and just starts shooting. <laughs> <laughs> I have to make it a gift and send it to you. It's so funny. Is it the hopeless? The entire ship is engulfed in flames. And these two fire extinguishers are shooting up. You know... <laughs> You know what would have made the riot, and I use that in quotations, <laughs> on Onderon even better? If you saw an astromech come up and try to <laughs> pull up and start shooting it. <laughs> if it was Pyramid Head astromech. <laughs> so it's a lost cause. I didn't know it was a lost cause. Oh, it's so great. <laughs> well, I hope they made it off the ship. I I doubt it, but... <laughs> But it was when it blew up. It there was still fantastic. when it blew up. There's still they just shooting. Still had the fire extinguisher going. Oh man! All right, so that's your dark horse heroes of the episode. <laughs> yeah, it's those two droids. Oh shit! I hit good hood. Well, we'll do good hood. Then we'll do all star. It's no surprise on all star. All right, good hood. Florum, space battle. We got two potential areas of hotness. Who was showing you something? Who was looking hot? Inbound for rescue. All right, good hood. Um, a lot of good hood going on here. I mean, yeah. the the tumbling act got their whole like shit together. Um, the animal instincts. Um, I'm gonna give it to bedazzled stegosaur. Bedazzled stegosaur. That's a good one. It's, uh, you know, not a standard honor in Stegosaur. They got decorated up a bit for the carnival. Yeah. Uh, so big shout out to Bedazzled big, like, Stegosaur. Big, like, uh, headdress, like, feather thing coming out of the top of his yeah. head. Yeah. Yeah. And if we had, like, a musician of the week, I'm going to give it to the Alina playing the drum. Yeah. Those guys were awesome. It's a cool drum beat, too. It's very rhythmic. They're very good at their job. They're, like, juggling the it's balls. It's like juggle yeah. percussion. It's very great. Now, they're not wearing it, so I can't give them anything, but I got to give them a special shout out somewhere, so we'll give it to them here. Who do you got for Good Hood? So now I can officially say its name, but uh, I'm giving it to Ankart. Ankart! Yeah, the yeah. Gavorian guard that was dressed up as a clown. He looks like he's a juggalo. <laughs> he looks like he's going to the. He looks like he's like a big uh, insane clown posse yeah. fan. But his whole outfit, he's got the makeup and everything. He's clowned out, baby. Yeah. It's so crazy that we got a character put in the canon. I know. It's awesome. We got, we got it somehow. Put in enough If we Wikipedia just keep entries. saying it and we get a Thorian historian to be annoying enough with it, <laughs> it might happen. So, um, if you don't follow him, there is a guy by the name of Pablo Hidalgo. Uh, he works for Lucasfilm, and he does a lot of the character stuff. We're going to need to tweet him. <laughs> We're going to have to do it in a really creative way, so let's all meet on the Discord this week. <laughs> We'll talk it we'll out. We'll strategize. We'll strategize. We're not going to go full bore Lux Bidet Brigade with this one. We're not going to beat him to death, but we want to do it in a creative and fun way <laughs> yes. that gets their attention. So, Clone yes. Castanovas, this is our mission. <laughs> We're abandoning all sponsorships. <laughs> we will still tweet Lux Bidet when we feel like it, but it is no longer the main mission. It is now a side mission. We have the main quest. This is like the... Um, this is this is like the end game here, you know. <laughs> yeah. This is this is the big goal. This is the big toasty one. We're coming up on a hundred episodes. Zero percent chance we can get it done by then. <laughs> Zero. But wouldn't it be crazy if we did? Just throwing it out there. Before before All Star, I'm gonna show you the, my uh, dark horse hero of the episode. If I can find my 
thing. <laughs> so you see, uh, off comes Grievous. Obi Wan is. <laughs> <laughs> <gonna> be... <laughs> What's the point? <laughs> It's literally, it's literally like the exoskeleton of a ship. It's pointless. <laughs> the spirits of those two fighter fighters. <laughs> I hate to say it, but you got competition R2. <laughs> oh no. What are we going to do? Do I break it? Do I break the mold? I don't think we can, we but can. it's the closest we've ever come. Jesus, it is the closest we've ever come to giving another droid all-star. Yeah, huge shout out. Uh, we'll post it. <laughs> we'll <laughs> yeah. post it. Send it to me. on This drops on Thursday, so we got to make sure to tweet this out on Thursday or Friday or this weekend or something. Uh, so huge shout out to <laughs> The second one that rolls up is fucking Goldhead. <laughs> You're literally going to need like... 40 of them to take out that <laughs> I mean, I guess you don't want something massive burning in the hangar. My my hypothesis <laughs> is they both, the one just realizes that it's a lost cause. Yeah. And it's just like, I just don't want this guy to Do go remember? out thinking he's an idiot. Yeah. So I'm going to go up. Do you just remember to cover like, uh, like the old family PC and like <laughs> my dad had like a little fire extinguisher that they put next yeah, to it? Yeah. It's literally like an eight ounce fire extinguisher. Think of, like, trying to put out a house fire with two of those. Yeah. That's what that is fucking going on there. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, All-Star of the Week, R2 for the the fucking head spin was R2, gold. R2, D2. And just banging away on Huyang. Yeah. And it's, you know. He's so, hanging back this entire episode. Yeah. He's just putting in the work. Yeah. And as we know, R2 probably could help out elsewhere as well. Like, R2 is very versatile in that way. So... R2 is just always doing what's best for the team. I'm assuming he's fixing the whole ship. Yeah, he's fixing the ship. He's fixing Huyang. Now, good thing that I guessed uh, properly on the Who Are You on the last episode, David Tennant, because Huyang's still out of commission. Yeah. We didn't hear anything. You just see him. You see his, his parts. We do have a Who Are You, though. We do? Yeah. All right, let's hit it. Okay, so Who Are You is where I guess the voice actor. We had David Tennant last week yep. um, of Good Omens fame, various things, yeah. but really great actor. He played Hu Yang, yep. um, the architect of lightsabers. And this, so, this who, really isn't a true Who Are You, but okay. it's uh, someone that voices a character in this voices another character in Clone Wars. Okay, uh, which are, I'm guessing it's Prieto. Priego, yes. Priego, yeah. Priego. I, I can't get names right. A Priego. Priego. Uh, the Carney. Okay, um, leader of the Carnies. Uh, would he be considered a good guy or a bad guy? Bad guy. Is it Grievous? No. Damn. Is it Hondo? No. Um, they do not appear in this episode. How long has it been since we've seen them? It's been a while. But we have also seen him voice the same character in another Star Wars property. Have I seen that property? Yes. Man. He's also voiced, like, multiple characters, but the one I'm thinking of, you've seen in multiple Star Wars properties. 
Does he voice a hut? No. I give up. So his name is Stephen Stanton. Stephen Stanton. And he voices Tarkin. Oh, God. But I'm just... The range on that guy. So Tarkin, Bad Batch? Yeah. Wow. Bad Batch and... Tarkin, and, Citadel? Yeah. That's crazy. That would not have seen but that coming. the voice coming out of Prego and then to Tarkin is nuts. That's crazy. Yeah. Like completely polar opposite voices. <laughs> yeah. I never would have guessed that. I'm glad I gave up. Um, all right. So Steven Stanton, versatile voice actors coming through once again. A uh, lot of versatile voice actors. He also oh, voices someone in uh, Rogue One. In Rogue One. Borg gullet. <laughs> <laughs> no, Admiral Raddus. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's got range, man. Uh, all right. <laughs> Timely drop there. Um, I almost want to do a death of the week just for that ship that was on fire in the hangar. <laughs> uh, but it's not a sentient beanie. It was just a ship. All right. All right. Tagline. Thank you, Yoda. Thank you, old Chewbacca. What do we got for a tagline on this episode? For Bound for Rescue, we have, when we rescue others, we rescue ourselves. Hmm. And you started heading down a path where you're like, Petro is going to be be pivotal in this mission. And then you were like, no, wait. And then you said that Hugh Hugh Wang is going to... Uh, sacrifice himself. He's going to give the ultimate sacrifice. I thought we were going to get this. Now it's over! In order to save the unknown. Not the case. Not the case. Not even functioning right now. But you started going down a path that could have actually made it. I don't get the whole we save ourselves thing. I mean, is it because they had to land? Otherwise, they would have blown up. I I guess so. I mean, they kind of put themselves in harm's way. So, you know, it's not like they need... I don't know. Maybe it's referring to Prego. Like, he saved the younglings so he was able to save himself from Hondo or something? I don't know. The yeah. line doesn't make much sense, to no, be it honest. Doesn't. Um, outside, I mean, they save when we save others, so Ahsoka. Um, but after that, the line just takes a dive, and I don't get it. What do we got for a tagline in the next one? Next episode, we have choose your enemies wisely, as they may be your last hope. Choose your enemies wisely. As they may be your last hope. God. Are they going to try to redeem Hondo? I don't know. I think they're going to try to redeem Hondo. Oh, do you think this is a four episode arc? Yeah. Okay. I mean, they set it up. They're not off there yet. They haven't yeah. taken off the ship. Yeah. And I also saw on Wikipedia that there's yeah. another one. I, <laughs> when I check air dates, sometimes I just see these things. Um, but I think I think they're going to try to make me feel good about Hondo okay. again. Yeah. And I I don't think... I think it's going to take a lot more time. <laughs> <It> really is. <laughs> <laughs> he is bad to the bone. He's, to chor- Fuck George Thorogood, by the way. <laughs> he is bad news. We hate George Thorogood. I fucking hate, despise George yeah. Thorogood. Let's talk about my teeth cleaning on the next episode. <laughs> I really want to discuss that. I feel so clean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very exciting. All right, so that is going to be Season 5, Episode 9. What's it titled? A Necessary Bond. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> no. <laughs> they're, gonna, they're teaming up the sex trafficking. Oh, no. I at least hope he sobers up. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh, man. This has been a very rewarding record, though. (laughs) (laughs) Fun stuff. All right. 
Okay, Adam. Where can the listeners reach us? Send us an email. Yeah. We are at clonecastpod at gmail.com. Yes. You can reach out to us on uh, Twitter, Instagram, at clonecastpod. as well, I guess. Clonecastpod. Uh, hit up the Discord if you want to engage in any kind of discussion about how we're going to get on card in the canon. Yes. Yeah. So hit us up about that. Uh, also, leave us a five-star review if you can anywhere. Yep. That really helps us out. Uh, so, yeah, we will see you next time for a necessary bond. Until then, may the ex-girlfriend's birthday be with you. I'm sorry, Jenna. I'm so sorry. The tragedy of Crispin's day. Now it's over. Over.